0: Yo
1: It's Grabsity, what we'll fill in reg. Trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads. It's Grabsity, we're here to fill the void. Three black fans, different perspective, gotta fill your voice. Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between. Yeah, it's all that. And we're down with fight for better fallback. Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat. No need to double check, these are all facts. You're listening to us talk raps. You're listening to us talk graps. Will, Phil, Reg. Yeah, we're Grapsity here to talk graps. Yeah, we're Grapsity here to talk graps.
2: And happy Halloween, everybody. We are Grapsody, and we are here to talk graps. And I am Will Washington, a.k.a. Uh, Sting, if he used dollar store makeup. And I am not alone here because I am also joined by Mr. Philip Lindsay. Boom, 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 boom.
3: Um, just want to say, first of all, um, tomorrow's Halloween. And last year on Hol- Halloween, we lost a legend in MF Doom. We just did. want to celebrate that man. Um, The way he passed was really, really strange. We didn't find out until New Year's Eve day. But he did actually pass on Halloween 2020. And man, I can't say enough about what Doom meant to me as an artist. Probably the best underground rapper of all time. Rest in peace.
2: All time. I love MF Doom, so I'm not going to... You know what? Rest in peace. Now we're to argue. <laughs> <laughs> no need to argue on a tribute. Also Word. here, by the way, is Righteous Reg. Double R,
1: double cookie cutter. Yo, check it out. I'm a luchador at the uh, at his press conference. Like, yeah, I'm about to be at Triplomania on Thursday. I'll see y'all. Yo, they, uh, <laughs> tomorrow is actually Doom Day now that they announced. So they're doing this crazy show out in uh, San Francisco. There's going to have all these dope oh, i didn't know that Feet maker it's gonna be a crazy day tomorrow so shout out to mf doom it's righteous Reg. we out here tomorrow's halloween i don't know how these luchadors do this i can't see anything <laughs> i can't hear how do you call a spot how do you like look around how do you do flips like what are you talking about bro it's crazy out here
2: yeah i almost because i've got a Rey mysterio mask upstairs and a that I actually bought in mexico um
1: oh, yeah i bought this one in it, mexico too
2: yeah, nice. Uh, and I almost wore that, but then I'm like, eh, nah. Uh, and so, yeah, I ran to Dollar Tree and grabbed uh, some... Hey, you know, it's not horrible. Could be worse. Hey, Dollar Store Sting <laughs> is out here.
3: Hey, man, gotta do what you gotta do. But... Yep.
2: Right. Um, But hey, friends, it's Saturday. It is October 30th. This is Grap City Episode 5. We have officially... As of this episode completed, our first month of shows—we made it through the month of October.
1: Oh, let's go! Hey,
2: yeah. So that's cool, and uh, yeah, I've been—I've just been overjoyed. It's—it's it's definitely been different for me doing this show over the last month um, because I'm used to doing evening podcasts. Um, <laughs> other than like that, that little seven week run i did wrestling with weekends but other than that uh so it's it's been different it's been fun but uh i am still just elated over getting to do this every saturday and having everybody join us and uh seeing everybody sending their super chats such as ryan uh who said i don't know if i could take you guys seriously being on the payroll (laughs) of wwe and aew that's right i'm saying both uh for real though love this show thank you ryan uh you're getting and, two paychecks ryan yeah. <laughs> they, all,
1: they all know
2: and dkc returns says got paid here's your cut thank oh, you, appreciate appreciate you
1: thank you guys for being here on a saturday <laughs> morning man i yeah. know if you're on the west coast like me it's early so yeah. like we appreciate y'all yeah and
2: uh terrence says y'all killing the game as always in your opinion will it be disappointing if wwe doesn't sign gresham uh, lethal and Adora. Also, who goes to WWE? You know what? That's going to be a big topic for later. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so, probably the we'll biggest topic know. of the show. So we're going we will... to talk
1: about everything you just said, my yeah, bro.
2: Everything you said there. That's that's probably uh, uh, what am I talking about? That's the biggest topic today. Yeah. Uh, and shout out DLo Diggs. Uh, says sup, my brothers. Hope y'all are well going to or uh, wait, are well going uh, to go Pro to Pro Wrestling ball- Revolver? Revolver oh, okay, sorry. Uh, Revolver tonight. Um, also got Grap City shirts ordered and on the way. Thank you. We always appreciate that.
1: Moxley's on that show with uh Jimmy Jacobs, so that should be a pretty <laughs> big show tonight, I think.
2: And you know what? Uh <laughs> We actually talked about that before the show. I'm going to bring up Mike Scalley's comment. As he said, so how long before that one guy on Twitter takes Will and Phillip's costumes? <laughs> we talked about that. Hey, man. I, I did like, laugh. I was like, yo, full
3: white face, man. Yep, yeah, <laughs> yeah, full white I was like, face. Yo,
1: double white
2: face. I'm like, yep, double white face. Like, yep. Gee-gee.
3: That's what we're doing out here.
0: What
2: y'all going to do about it? Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, says... Uh, Timothy says, my book on black freedom movement got picked up by a publisher this week and wanna oh, pay congrats. it forward. Uh, love that's you guys awesome. despite working for a white <laughs> thank you, uh, thank you. and look uh, honestly Timothy, uh, yeah, congratulations um that's that, that's dope. that's amazing that is really cool. yeah, um and also send me the link. yeah, send us the link. Uh, we want to see that um and then also, uh, nice. <laughs> thank you, Kate. Uh, we got another one uh from KC uh 4L wrestling takes uh says sending some love to my three brothers on the grind giving their takes in the IWC salute appreciate thank y'all. you
1: appreciate y'all joe Thank
2: you. uh rare saturday off so i'm pumped to be able to watch live this show rules keep killing it oh, thank yeah. you thank you joe and uh jacob thank y'all for awesome content every saturday something i look forward to every weekend keep rocking y'all honestly we love you guys um, yeah you guys are dope Yeah, uh, love you guys. If you want to be part of the show, get your stuff read, um, definitely head on over and join us every Saturday. Um, We're at YouTube.com slash Fightful. Uh, Give us your thumbs up. Give us your super chats. Join our discussions. um, Send us your questions over on our Twitter, um, which is Grapp City Pod. uh, And definitely follow our Twitter if you're not yet. uh, And that's uh, Grapp City Pod. Uh, But there's wrestling to talk about. Lots of wrestling to talk about. A lot. Um, One specific topic, though, that Phil wanted to bring to the table, and I am happy to have this discussion because it's my fave. It's the anniversary of the Nation of Domination.
1: We are the Nation of Domination. Oh, my goodness. One of the greatest factions of all time. It should be titled Nation of Domination with a Babyface Faction because... (laughs) we know what they try to do to us
2: so let me tell you (coughs) excuse me i still have a bit of a cough from last week so pardon me it's clearing up or is it i don't know (laughs) let me tell you though so i was never like a big heel guy as a kid like i was one of the like you see this Mm -hmm. part of this is because sting was my favorite wrestler. I hated the NWO. I could not stand the NWO. I would, they made me so mad every single week. And, like, I was probably, what, in the third, fourth grade when the NWO started. And yeah. so, like, Sting was my guy and all of that. I didn't get in to heel factions until the Nation of Domination. That was the first. Th- but none of the other kids liked the Nation. In the sixth grade, The um, uh, when like i'm talking latter end of the nation um when they were feuding with dx and all the kids at school were uh were in like dx gear and stuff and like i was the only one in nation gear and i remember there was one kid and go figure he had because i came across his facebook not that long ago and he's a total trump supporter so go figure but he used to (laughs) come across me in the um he and i used to like cross in the hallways at school and he'd look at me and he'd go suck it and then i'd raise a fist and that was like our yes. thing it was, it, was, it, was, it was like he was like straight up Yo. it was dx versus nation and i was like all about the nation pretty much from the time they launched um and then one because, time you
1: guys did that little exchange he was like make america great again and you were like what <laughs> and then he was like you'll know about this later <laughs>
2: <laughs> by the way shout out to uh kimberly appreciate uh appreciation chat for the makeup and mask uh thank you guys for being awesome thank you kimberly. i appreciate
3: you kimberly thank you kimberly uh
2: but yeah uh, i was straight up um nation all the way they were mm-hmm. my favorite faction honestly like i love how much Growth came out of that faction, and I think there's a part of me that because I was a kid when it happened, uh, there's a part of me that's like every time there's like an Owen tribute or anything like that, I'm like, you know what, yeah, Owen's my guy, right? And uh, (laughs) it's like Owen's just one of those guys. Sorry, there's my alarm. Um, Owen, I don't know, but there's a part of me that as a kid viewed him as like at least not black, but invited to the cookout mm-hmm. and i i think it was fully based on the fact that he was a part of the nation of domination right and also pretty sure the answer is dx but going back to 97 who did put all of that uh the the racial term it
1: was dx yeah. know it was what? dx yeah, right definitely. yeah yep KFC on the wall and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right.
2: So Man. I'm just saying that's a lot of stuff that's that hasn't been forgiven in my, my heart. Um although Man. I was a DX fan too. DX was <laughs> on well.
1: and I was one number one <laughs> DX fan, but they were just
2: yeah, to, to be Sheesh.
3: honest, I guess I'm the eyeball out here. I was never a DX fan. I always hated them. <laughs> I and, and it might have been from the Nation stuff because I was such a big Nation fan. Yeah, it makes and sense. To be honest, growing up, I didn't know that they were supposed to be the bad guys. Like I knew that they were, dude, <laughs> Right. But I was kind of like, not nah, it. Like before it was a term, I was like, not nah, expecting. Like, I, right? I don't know about them. No, for um, reals. Like I. Every time I think about The Nation, I, of course, think of when The Rock joined and like his first promo with them and like his first promo with them is so great. But I think mm-hmm. people always sleep on Farouk's promo before that. Yeah. Farouk does the uh, send off to Ahmed Johnson. He's like, you know, I knew all along Ahmed Johnson under his thick black skin was just a white <laughs> man trying to get out. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, I don't care. I don't care if they sandblasted your ass 20 times, you'll never be white. Ahmed, and oh, then and he goes, the Right? And he goes, He was
1: always cooking.
3: He goes, Man, they challenged me to the street fight, but I am the street. Yo, Farouk was the man. Yep,
2: <laughs> definitely. I love, honestly, now that you bring it up, because we're talking about the time period. I'm pretty sure it was the nation that got me to switch back because, you know, I I was back and forth between WCW, WWF. I started off a WCW fan like as a little, little kid um, because it was on Saturdays at 6.05 Eastern. um, And that was like just the easiest time for me to watch pro wrestling because as a kid, I know that I don't have to stay up late. Like Saturdays, Saturday afternoons were easy for me. But then I got into WWF a little bit, but then like. It was really like the Nitro era that got me into WCW, but I'm pretty sure it was The Nation that pulled me back because, like, I wasn't into Shawn Michaels. Like, there was a Mm -hmm. lot of things that I just wasn't into, but The Nation as a faction was what did it for me. Um, And one more really quick shout out to. Uh my boy Mac in the chat. He said wanted to share some of my bouncer tip. Uh Mac Yo, uh, of course is a bouncer you. in Brooklyn. Um, Damn, choke
1: fools. Uh
2: he said so want to share some of my bouncer tip money with y'all. Uh just got my graph hoodie yesterday and we'll Dang. uh rock it to work Definitely tonight. Definitely
1: choke slam somebody in a graph
2: hoodie. <laughs> keep yeah. up the great uh well, keep it up great brothers. Uh so yeah, thank you, Mac. Uh I've Appreciate always appreciated you, I've always appreciated Mac uh going back to the RBR days. Um so uh love it yeah man it
1: the the nation i didn't really for me i didn't really get into them until the second nation so they came mm-hmm. in they had like pg-13 rapping they had crush they had savio vega it was it was the beginning stages were okay so i wasn't really into it but it was when they got when they took d and they had mark henry and eventually the rock and yeah, the godfather that was the version that's when it was lit they became just like a. A force. And WWE, yeah. WWF never really gave them their due, man. Until no, you know, absolutely not. Right. It, they just used it as a launching pad for The Rock eventually, which was kind of yeah. frustrating. And I guess the, uh, when I was younger, I didn't really know the magnitude of Ron Simmons. Because I was a WWF dude. I didn't really watch a lot of mm-hmm. WCW. So I didn't know that this guy was the black world champion this guy is a football star i mean even though jr was staying it, i would just like kind of be like all right jr here we go again with this talk. <laughs> yeah but yeah no this guy was like and like, to know that this dude was the one saying these promos and saying this stuff puts even more on top of why the nation was so dope because ron simmons was the head just like spitting because he had been all through been through all this stuff he was talking about you know
3: Yep. Yeah, I didn't understand that at the time either. That's that's a great point because I started watching it after they were already together. Matter of right. fact, when I started watching, they they were already the nation past the first iteration with Crush mm. and, and Savio. Same. And so, when I go back and look at the other um, visuals of it with, like, Baruch and the leather jacket and all the guys behind him and like the the bow ties and you got <laughs> D-Lo bow tied up with Mason. like the Kent Kentake scarf and yeah I like that's a dope visual too like yo can we talk about how D-Lo killed that look for the original like, <laughs> he Definitely. killed that look with the Koofy. like yeah, yeah. yo. He- uh,
2: and, uh, Speed of which, uh, Terrence, uh, with the super chat says D Lo and Farouk were so underrated as a stable. WWE DNA kicked in, of course, and they had to have dissent in the group and they right. couldn't coexist. Um uh, I mean, I think maybe. Can be friends. I don't know if I said it here. No, I think I said it in one of our. Uh, I think it was just like Phil was hosting a, um, uh, a late night, um, What the hell is it called? Spaces. Spaces. I don't know. I was drawing a blank on Twitter Spaces, but uh, you saw some late night spaces. I talked about how WWE really has never had the patience for factions. Uh, Right. I mean, the fact that the New Day has lasted as long as they have is not just a testament to um, WWE having the patience for a black stable, but having the patience for a stable in general. Like um, Evolution is considered like their greatest like faction run like ever. But like evolution was less than two years right and uh like they kicked randy orton out a year and a half into evolution's entire run mm-hmm. uh like they don't have the patience for factions at they all they do not yeah. uh and Nation so
3: it's barely two years
2: right yeah. Right. like the the scent with the rock all that stuff was like three months into the group right. <laughs> like three yeah, months yeah, into exactly. him being into the group mm-hmm. uh but they've never had the patience uh mike harmeyer says i'm scared uh you and, should be mike <laughs> uh we got uh vape ross vape uh became a youtube member uh so appreciate that uh and rob says uh yo i'm going to see the bounty hunter uh brian keith tonight after our podcast together Uh, i want to see if he's gonna put the flatliner in his move set uh and he's
1: been having a crazy run this last couple two months three months four months shout out to
2: brian keith that's my homie uh we got a few more um Zeke Jackson says, "Oh, you boys came to pod today, and damn, Reg colder than Reggie Miller uh, when he tweets to someone on Twitter, bang bang like Cactus Jack." Uh, and Chops. and we-
1: everybody, come with it. What you everybody want? Can Anybody can get it. Honestly.
2: And of course, and of course, we got the homie Kate uh, says, "I need Reg versus Jericho just to hear Jericho call him L Pumpkin, <laughs> 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 <The> idiot Chador." <laughs> one uh, where
1: he's announcing all the luchadores coming out that's one of uh-huh. the greatest
2: clips of all time <laughs> uh but yeah um as far as the nation was concerned i um i don't know i i there there's so much that because like the the two iterations of the nation that people like are, are most prominent because I, I would consider it to be three real nation iterations there's the mm-hmm. original Wasabi vega and and crush and then we had um Second version that, uh, was more so led by Farouk and we had Kama and we had, um, uh, they of course let in Ahmed Johnson and kicked him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and of course there, mm-hmm. there was D'Lo and then Mark Henry joined. Um, and then really the fourth iteration or the third iteration is really when the rock comes in. And then really, I guess there was four because right. after that you right. kicked up Farouk and then mm-hmm. you had, uh, the rock leading, um, the Godfather, mm-hmm. Kama Mustafa and uh, D'Lo Brown and Mark Henry. And then, and then even an when The art.
1: Rock left, they, Kama, D'Lo and Mark Henry did a thing for a little bit, too. So it's like, yeah, they were a tag right team. Yeah. Right.
2: Well, and, you know, honestly, like The Rock's version of the nation uh, as the leader, I, you know, I always still give props to for a number of reasons. One, I feel like that was kind of the version where they all kind of started to get individual identities, where Rocky mm-hmm. Maivia became The Rock. And, uh, you know, he was talking his shit. You know, that was where Smell with the Rockets cooking came from. Um, and then, of course, D'Lo. And I love D-Lo D'Lo's flourish, story. I, I could never tell <laughs> D'Lo's story as, as good as he can, but it always cracks me up. Like, y'all, have y'all heard the origin of the Hedcock story mm. where that came from? Oh, it's one of my favorite stories. Um, and D'Lo told it at WrestleCon a couple of years ago. but uh, And I was just on the floor laughing. But... Uh, it was the night before show. Um, the Nation, of course, you know, all, they all travel together. And so mm. they all had a hotel together and they were all sitting around and they were watching Friday. And uh, it was right around the time when Debo gets knocked out. Or maybe it was when Red gets knocked out. It doesn't matter. It's the scene in the movie. And, of course, Smokey runs over and goes, you got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> and Rock says to, to D-Lo, I dare you to do that on screen tomorrow. Um, on our at raw tomorrow. Right. And <laughs> so, wow, Yeah. And so black history, writing, right? Right. so the next oh night on raw D <laughs> of course uh, I think Ken Shamrock gets knocked down and D goes over Ken Shamrock and goes, you got knocked the fuck out. And, um, <laughs> and
0: amazing.
2: he said, so after it was all over, uh, they all start head to the back and uh, Vince, of course, is standing in gorilla. And as everybody passes, um he you know gives everybody a nod he rock good job and mark good job and then he's like d come here and d like oh shit i'm in trouble uh he's like he thought he was gonna be in trouble for using the word fuck on tv right and he's like vince is gonna talk to me he's like I- i'm fucked and so he gets over and vince goes that thing you did with your head out there that was <laughs> Brilliant, I want you to do that every week, and uh, oh um, because he's like, Vincent never seen Friday, right? So, like, Vince of didn't course. know what that was from, he just thought the dealer was just like, you know, he just thought he did a cool thing with his head, and so he's like, I want you doing that every week, and every time you walk, I want you just shaking your head, and so just like uh, And he did. said, I
1: actually have seen Friday, <laughs> motherfucker. I, and I, every week,
2: <laughs> he said, every week, Vince would tell him, Do it up more, play it up more. And sure enough, it became his thing. And, but it was all from one Damn. night. The three of them just sitting around, at the or the four of them, watching Friday. And, wow. I, that, and on a dare. That was a great you story. Guys. So
3: I could just picture Vince in the back watching him do it and going, <laughs> look at him.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Damn, that's black history right there. That look at him. Yeah. Amazing story Absolutely. for sure. Wow. <laughs>
2: So, that's, like, my favorite story I've ever heard D-Lo tell.
3: Yeah, that, man. D-Lo was the man as well. d was one of those guys. I remember going to school all the time, and we used to always mimic his strut and, like, mimic, like, his right. finger moves. Like, his, like, me and my friends used to do that in the hallway all the time, just because D-Lo was the man. Like, he was probably one of the coolest guys in the group. Like, probably still one of the best frog splashes of all time, <laughs> man. Like, he just was the man. First... Mm-hmm. By the way, first Eurocontinental champion. Yeah. (laughs) I love D-Lo, man. He had, like, one of my favorite move sets.
1: I was a backyard wrestler at the time, so, like, all of D-Lo's moves were, like, stuff you wanted to do, the sky high, the low down. Like, his frog splash is still one of the best frog splash of all time, you know what I mean? It's still mimicked by half of the industry now are doing his style of frog splash. So, like, yeah, D-Lo was the man. He, um, I love when he... Eventually branched off too and, you know, got his Eurocontinental run. He had some crazy matches with X Pac and Val Venus. He was just doing Jeff Jerry. Jeff Jerry, yeah, just like mm-hmm. on a random yeah. ride, you catch a D-Lo banger. d is yeah, one man. of the best of all time for sure.
3: We need to get got D-Lo on
1: City uh, one day. What's up, D-Lo? <laughs> I'm talking about br- Impact.
3: Got yeah. the chest protector before, you know, Romy Rome and he made it cool. Y- yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. dot com slash fightful it's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with better help that's betterhelp.com slash fightful
2: uh shatty by the way shout out uh url setting uh top dollar versus caster three rounds who wins uh
0: stop
2: playing that's easy you know what because there's a lot of knocks on max caster and i will say this max caster has like really simple rhymes like he does the nursery rhymes for the crowds his like actual stuff isn't that bad he can rap yeah he can rap but you know it's one of those like okay he's doing the like john cena slow it down for the audience um which like the audience bites on that stuff like the fact that he'll say his little slow ass rhyme and then the crowd goes
1: Oh, I think Top Dollar like, will get him though. I think to, yeah. if they win three rounds, I think Tom yeah. Dolly, no, Here's yeah. the
2: thing: Top yeah. Dollar will get him. Um, yeah, no question. But I do think Max Caster isn't as bad on his actual music. Yeah, uh, as a I matter of fact, because right. I used to like. Uh, honestly, that's the stuff that got him signed. I had, like props on that. He, um, you know, because the first time he worked AEW, uh, he was brought in just as a dark opponent for Sean Spears, and he dropped, um, the, that first rap on Sean Spears, uh, the I'm not perfect and neither are you. Uh, and that, uh, that got buzz. And then every time he started coming in, he started doing a new, like original Twitter rap for, uh, each of his opponents, even though all of these had already been pre-taped, he knew he had lost these already. Uh, but it was one of those like build up hype for his own matches, and it ended mm-hmm. up getting him signed and right. so like yeah. you know that, that was uh that's one of those he is to me a very um like kind of almost self made organic act that right. that used uh his social media to to get himself buzzed to get himself noticed and i I'll, I'll always give that credit. We just talked about Xavier Woods last week um using his platform to to further his wrestling career and build mm-hmm. and, and get where he's going and like you know that was a time where like somebody like a Zack Ryder did that and got punished for it and so yeah. um it, it's always cool when that succeeds and I like right. seeing that uh and uh got another one from Jester Designs uh happy Saturday boys that hit row and new day segment was everything <laughs> that's gonna be that it. slow to, to yeah. Hero. Oh, uh-huh. man, beautiful. We love That's it. that's gonna be something. Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah. So look, uh Ma- it-
1: Max Castor knows his audience. If he went mm-hmm. out there spitting like yep. faster than that, they'd be like, What is this guy talking about? You gotta yeah, slow it look- down because they this is what this is how this big audience is gonna receive it. You give it to him slowly, you gotta feed it to him like an airplane, like you're <laughs> feeding your kid, like. Here now it is.
2: It was, it was just down. Down. I just you. Yeah, it was exactly, just mentioned in the chat. Exactly. <laughs> it, it was just mentioned in the chat that he does the t m z sports thing, which yeah he he also does, and like those are always like actually more well thought out raps than mm-hmm. um, although i I'm curious what the future holds for that, and if he gets replaced by like top dollar because mm. uh t m z uh was owned by warner media, uh which mm. is what brought on that relationship with uh with max caster however they were just recently sold to fox and oh, so wow. um fox <laughs> now owning tmz i would be curious to see how much longer the tmz AEW relationship lasts mm-hmm. before yeah. uh, all of that stuff ends up getting replaced i very much could see them giving that spot to top dollar definitely um,
1: definitely yeah.
2: and uh we, vince course- apparently
1: really likes top dollar i mean he was on that AEW show like he's He's uh he's on his way, it sounds like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, shout out to Drew. Uh, it says, happy Saturday to the coolest AEW shows A-E-Dub. in the game.
1: AEW.
2: Although, uh, I will say. Sh- Uh-oh. Cut Uh-oh.
3: the checks. Mm-hmm. That, look, see, he was about to say something yeah, crazy, so TK, cut, like, the, cut, hey, the, hey, mic. cut on, the mic. Cut the mic.
1: Don't say that. Don't say that. It's not, look, if TK was sending this check, I would show my check right here on Graph City every week that says AEW pays me. And we probably wouldn't be doing the show because we'd be working for AEW. What kind of dumb idiots are you? Look, check it out. They're not <laughs> paying us. We're just three regular fools. Getting paid by some fool that y'all hate for some reason. I don't know. We don't got nothing to do with y'all Sean Ross Sapp beef. I just want to say that out loud. And hey. That's all I'm going to say with it.
0: Sean Ross Sapp
1: don't have nothing to do with our beef. He's just a platform. Nah, man. He's just up there. I don't know why y'all beefing with him because y'all don't like how he gives out his news. We are Graf City. We are over here doing our own thing. That's it. Are, I'm done with that. No beef with nobody
3: SRS got beef
1: with. You. Yeah. <laughs> no, we do not.
2: No. I, I I accidentally stepped on my cable by the way, because I was gonna give a shout out to my dude Baron Black. Uh oh yeah, shout yeah. out hey. Baron Black, the Emperor. The, the Emperor. Emperor. Yeah. Hey. So uh that video
3: he did with um with Rust Wrestling Flow,
2: dope. Oh mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah, that was fired.
3: Everybody needs to see that.
2: Yeah. Uh and so that's my thing, by the way. Uh and in any wrestlers out there, um show me your merch. Um be or at least drop your links, drop your uh uh, PWT's links, my thing is any wrestlers I support um, I always feel like the easiest way to support any pro wrestler, buy their merch uh, mm-hmm. and I am my my wife hates it because I have like a literal I have two drawers now dedicated to wrestler t-shirts <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're all black? <laughs> yeah, well that's the thing, she's just, I, there's a few that aren't but she's just like, you just own like black t-shirts with pro wrestlers pictures or names on them or their slogans or whatever it is um she's like can you like do something with these like uh there was uh because we were doing some reorganization and she's like uh so which ones do you want to get rid of and i was like none no, uh and she's no like you got to get rid of something i'm like nah i'm not gonna get rid of it like i you know i've got uh, i pretty much own every swerve shirt going back to like the, the his shane strickland shirts and uh she's like you can get rid of at least one i'm like no these are like symbolic they are uh, so uh they represent his rise uh, and i've got the mm-hmm. current hit row shirt uh so it's sold out yep <laughs> it's sold out <laughs> uh and uh dlo digs uh can we appreciate xavier woods and kofi's new gear Oh,
3: they were
1: dripping last night
3: so yep. real drip so was i the only one that was wondering is it inspired by fire emblem because it looks like it i mean it's woods i could imagine
2: yeah that makes sense yeah uh but hey we got other uh, stories to talk about. Yep. Shout out uh, to
1: the nation, though. NLG shout out to for the nation, honestly. Forever, forever, nation, nation of domination.
2: Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> um, they're they they're, they're like all time great, but I will also say uh, on the topic of the nation, it is also something that can't be duplicated. Like right. every time, every time black people get together, somebody's like, "Yeah, new nation." Nope. no, nope. No, no, nope. no,
1: no, 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 no. No, Shane Taylor from a nope, 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 different,
2: different, no, no It's different, different, different. Yeah,
1: her business very different. Have very you seen? different. They're they're like athletes and business. Come on, yeah. yeah, come on. What are you
2: talking about? <laughs> but
1: Nation was talking about eating collard greens with their hands, bro. Like, come
2: on, <laughs> <laughs> and like, streets. and like first iteration of the new day. I will say this: uh, there's a lot of things people forget about the original iteration of the new day, and there was some stuff that. I was hoping would be expanded upon, but I'm happy with what the New Day turned out to be. But there was one episode of Main Event where it was uh, the original New Day. And I'll talk about original, original New Day. We remember where Xavier Woods came out and he talked to Kofi and Biggie E mm-hmm. about um, being held back. And like it definitely felt like they were going to be like a really, really like militant pro-black faction. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one episode of Main Event where it was uh, Big E and Kofi Versus uh Titus O'Neal and uh Heath Slater. And after the match was over, they go to jump their opponents and Xavier stops them and goes, No, we don't attack Titus. You attack uh, uh yeah. <laughs> you attack Heath Slater and they wouldn't beat up Titus and it turned around and beat the shit out of Heath Slater. And I was like, mm. Ooh, that's good. That's yeah. good shit. And like, honestly, if they had run with that. I wouldn't mm. have minded if they, uh, like, literally would never perpetrate anything against any other Black opponents. Like, we'll beat you, but as far as we're concerned, we don't heal other Black people. Mm. Um, I like that a little bit. Yeah. Um, and by a little bit, I mean a lot. A um, lot of it. Bring it back. <laughs> that was good. I thought were, they could have gone some places with that. Um, so, that I was one of the people, like, very disappointed in the original iteration of The New Day. Or, like, when they officially got the name The New Day and then... Um, they were just coming out smiling and clapping and I was like, ah, but y'all had something before. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and then they turned heel and then everything worked and everything. Clicked.
1: Luckily. Yeah. Luckily it all worked out. So. Yeah.
2: It all worked. And I, I became a big fan, but I will I say think that's
1: that, a great transition, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, well maybe. So the next thing, uh, wanted to talk about was, uh, a couple of things coming out of dynamite. Because uh, we got some cool shit on Dynamite this week, and we got some controversial shit. Uh, First thing I want to talk about: Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida. I want to see this go on forever. Uh, I especially like because AEW has started numbering their rematches, uh, and that that's a cool concept. Because like fight sports do that, that's fun. Um, they did it this week with uh, Matt Seidel and Dante Martin. I actually like the concept of numbering rematches. So that said, if we get to Big Shida and Sarita D6, I mm. am <laughs> down for that. Right. Because uh, I could see these two do this forever. Um, like I've mentioned before, Hikaru Shida is my favorite women's wrestler in the business today. Uh, I have said before that uh, I feel like everybody has their best matches with Hikaru Shida, mm-hmm. and she deserves a lot more props for that. Absolutely. For that very thing, uh, especially because the conversation is always about her opponent. When somebody is always like, "Wow, you know that person can really go," you know, I I I, I love seeing Ty Conti go. I love seeing Fidelity Ford go. Love seeing all that, and it's like, but you know who these matches are all with that you're loving? It's Hikaru Shida, right. uh, and there's a reason. But anyway, when you take Hikaru Shida and then you take somebody like Serena Deeb, who arguably people can say the same thing about, uh, that, you know, she has had some phenomenal matches with so many people. You put somebody in the ring with Serena Deeb and it's likely their best match. Mm -hmm. And then you put Hikaru Shida with Serena Deeb together and it's probably both their best matches. Uh And uh, I like the first match a lot, but I like the story of the last match um and it goes to it goes kind of hand-in-hand with what she has been saying about how she did an interview recently where she said she's um really been taking time off of tv to uh certain things she wanted to work on she mentioned that she wanted to uh work on her acting skills and work on her acting abilities and things like that she said she's been taking classes for all of that and uh for the people wondering why she hasn't been on dynamite as of late and has just been working uh dark and elevation that actually has a lot to do with it she's been she said herself that she wanted to there was a lot she wanted to bring to the table that she felt she wasn't bringing to the table in her first run, and uh now she feels like she's she's got a lot more to bring um but talking about acting ability, one of the things I liked about that first deep and cheetah match was the telegraphing of how it was going to go without telegraphing it where they did that mm-hmm. video promo, and uh Deeb had talked about like they were showing almost the contrast they're showing the two. Uh, you know, Sheeta's just like, I just want to have a great match, and I want to beat. Uh, she was like, I, not even beat. She just, she thought it was a given. She's like, I just want to have a great match with a great wrestler like Serena Deep. and Serena's like, I'm gonna fuck you up. Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding me? Like, right. you're, you're stepping in the ring with me. What, what is this? Um, and Sheeta comes out smiling, looks at her trophy, and she's, you know, she was acting like it was a given, and so then the way she lost, it was like, oh damn, you guys like telegraphed that. And I, I was totally not picking up on it. Right. And, uh, and this time around, Sheeta comes out with, like, some straight fire in this match. Like, from the moment her entrance hit, and uh, she just looked, like, raring to go. And, like, as soon as the bell rang, she's just on it. I was uh, so down for all of that. Like, I just felt like the fire she came with from the moment the match started uh, I thought this was one of the best women's matches Dynamite's had and one of my favorite matches this year. And I would love to see this take place with no commercial breaks mm-hmm. uh, on some type of bigger stage, pay-per-view, wherever you guys want to do it. I want to see this match. D-Lo Diggs said, uh, give me Deep versus Sheeta one hour on Rampage. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I just want to see these two go. Uh yeah. Yeah. And I was happy with the match. And, and uh, I thought the finishing sequence was so clever, was so creative, was so well done uh, in the way that um, uh, Cheetah had reversed the pin into her own pin and got the three. And mm-hmm. so, like, it wasn't a definitive finish. We still haven't seen Sheeta beat her with, um, you know, a katana or the uh, tamashi. So there's, like, there's so many places this can go. I love it. I'm I'm having fun, uh.
3: man. Listen, they smoked this. This match was um, this match was incredible, and I mean, mm-hmm. I knew their matches were going to be good when they announced the first one, and I think it's it's a testament to the fact that Sheeta has not been on TV. Like now, when she comes on and and her theme starts with that great drum solo that it starts mm-hmm. with, I get hyped every time. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, she's gonna kill this. She comes out and yells right into the camera. I just love Sheeta, man, and I'm with Will 100. percent I think she's incredibly underrated. I still think she's been the best AEW Women's Champion so far. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you like Britt Baker, fight me. She has been the <laughs> best so far, um, yeah. uh, and I I firmly believe she will be the first two-time uh,
0: AEW Women's Champion.
3: I really oh yeah, I, I
2: I do, th- especially uh, now. Like if, when you think about what she said about uh, what she felt like she didn't bring to the table before, um, which like. Honestly, I'm with Reg on, like, I don't care about that shit. Just come out and wrestle and have good matches. Right. But exactly. honestly, if she feels like she needed to bring more of that to the table, uh, I would love to see her do it again, uh, mm-hmm. have a have another run with what she now feels she can bring.
3: Yeah, and man, there were so many things that she brought to that first match and this match. You can tell that she came to this match, the first match, like you said, very overconfident, mm-hmm. and, you know, she lost. And then she came into this match like, no, I'm I'm not playing with you this time. And she came vicious and kind of way we've seen her come in as champion and i just loved to see that i mean man there were some spots in this match that were just so clever when she tried to hit her with the time of she and and she'd have reversed it into that ankle lock and then start ramming her knee on the mat just man yeah
2: no uh, and honestly i don't want to take anything away from uh serena d because i feel like uh serena is such a a a cerebral worker and she Mm -hmm. she um she does work so smart, and uh, and she's just so good at what she does, and and the knee targeting is really, like, cementing her heel turn uh, because, like, honestly, people forget that the heel turn kind of kicked off at, like, way back at Double or Nothing uh, mm-hmm. when she did the, the knee smash with, uh, with Riho's knee yeah. and then came out and was kind of, like, mocking the fans, and then mm-hmm. she did the same thing to uh, Red Velvet, and... Then she was like off TV for a little bit, so like it took yeah, a minute she, to she got
3: injured, right?
2: Uh, yeah, and then she got hurt as she was off TV, and so coming back and doing this with Sheeta is working. Like people right. are buying into the heel run; uh, it's great, honestly. It's a, t-
1: it's a testament for Serena because she's one of she's a veteran. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. pe- most of the women you see in AEW are pretty new to the business. They're like three, four, some even less than that. So you see Serena out there she gets you know you can see that she's a veteran she knows just the story you guys are telling right now on how they built this match you know like serena has a big part of it she knows that like look we could tell a story between a bunch of matches instead of just telling one story and that's what makes what's making this series of matches so great and they you know it's crazy they built a rivalry off nothing almost you know
2: you know it's crazy yeah. to me though is that yeah she is a veteran, but people forget how young she was when she debuted because right. she's the same age as Charlotte Flair. This right. isn't somebody who like um is is like significantly older like mm-hmm. she and Charlotte are both thirty five yeah. um, it's just that Serena debuted when she was twenty two mm-hmm. so like she, you know it's one of those things where people always talk about how um women's uh, just in general wrestling in general um, you typically don't hit your stride until you're in your uh, 30s, and mm-hmm. Mickey James has talked about the fact that there's a double standard for men and women, right? Because yep. she's yep. like, with women, we're so quick to want to kind of um, to dub them older as soon as they hit their 30s, and uh, whereas, like, you know, we will have a conversation about Brian Danielson who's 40, and we're just talking about him being on his his you know crazy run and just doing it good, but at the same time, you know, they were having conversations about Mickey James being uh on the older side when she was like right. 33 yeah and uh yeah. so you know there's definitely a, a a huge double standard there uh that like, like they
1: were they were happy to say that bobby fish was third was 45 on the mm-hmm. broadcast you know what i mean and it's like usually they don't say like man. you know what i mean for women they would never be like oh this woman is 45 you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it is definitely a double standard when it yeah. comes to yeah to the both of them.
3: man speaking of bobby fish uh Friend of the show, Andrew Thompson, said this on Twitter, and I absolutely want to see it happen. He was saying that he wants to see Shelton get a run kind of like Bobby Fish is having right now where he can uh-huh. go to other companies and, you know, kind of get this last run and show people that he's still a great in-ring worker. Because I yeah. think he is extremely underrated he as an in-ring worker. He is. And I just would love to see him mix it up with other people from other companies. Like, right. Yeah, on. that would definitely be amazing.
2: And uh, shout out to Terrence with the super chat. He said, "Deep versus Sheeta and Baker versus Rosa. Those are your two co-main events for an all-women's pay-per-view for AEW. You could? I'd be here for it. I'd be here for it. Um, and then Sign going back up. to the top of the show, uh, Vincent uh, with the super chat said, uh, most underrated MF Doom track that no one talks about. My pick is Mike Line uh, off the uh, Monster Album Stars, uh album.
0: <clears> hmm.
3: <throat> I love Mike Lyon, man. That is that is a great record. Um there's so many dope Doom
2: records. Don't get right. me started. There's so, so like, many great ones. I mean First so I haven't I part so Meat Grinder was the first track I was introduced to. And uh so I'm like that's like the MF Doom track to me because of the mm-hmm. fact that it was the first one I was introduced to. Yeah. and uh that's was like it's so every time I hear it it like it's like quintessential to me. Um but then also, you know, I, I look back at the Danger Doom album and like Space hose is like my favorite beat of all time. You put any <laughs> oh, like over oh,
3: mincemeat though. Mincemeat is mincemeat is oh mincemeat. Yeah. Mince I mean me honestly, someone. I just
2: it's it's my favorite beat, and so like mm-hmm. when I hear Doom rap over that, like I when I used to put together my uh my demo reels uh like fresh out of college, I used to uh, uh the opening was because uh, I always start you start with the opening montage um i it was set to the the beat to space hose and so uh i don't know uh, i i love mf doom and i going to miss yeah. him and no. yeah it was sad to, yeah, you're right though it was really sad to find out about it the way we found out it, where it, it was almost like up, how like, hip hop
1: legends man it's so sad <laughs> like shout out like to how, Zumbi, shout out to gift to gab i just wanna shout out some bay area legends shock g it's been yeah. crazy oh, for hip-hop Shaki. legends, man. I can't even... No, honestly,
2: like, I would not have pictured um, if you had told me that a lot of my favorites weren't going to live out of their 50s. Uh, I... Man, this has been a crazy year for that. Um, now, so here's the thing. Yeah, so, of course, Reg is from the Bay Area, so I obviously don't have as much experience with the Bay Area as he does. But I will say that um, it was kind of like... uh. It was kind of like a weird hipster thing for me through high school because I was so into Bay Area music and like everybody else was so into like more mainstream music. And when you're not from the Bay Area, it it did very much for me just feel like a, like a, I'm into this thing that you don't know about. Um, (laughs) And because like honestly, um, I cried real tears when Mac Dre died. Like right. because Mac Dre was my favorite. Are you kidding me? Not just
1: um, Bay Area, <laughs> man. Like, Oh my god! People I, will I, fight. People will murder over Black Mac Dre. It's like, like Mac American Dre Cameron was in, in
3: Oakland. Yeah. Yeah, yes, they don't play. Like,
2: Mac Dre was not one of those names that look because I know a lot of people who only know of Mac Dre simply because of like lines dropped by Drake, um, mm-hmm. but like no Mac Dre was one of those guys that like I was listening to Stupid doo-doo Dumb in middle school mm-hmm. and uh, and I remember on the uh, back when uh, I I used to uh, work on a independent radio station called XND Radio um, which doesn't exist anymore uh, but we used to play indie artists and uh, I used to make sure that I got uh, Mac Dre rotation like as mm-hmm. often as possible because um, I was all about S D-U-P-I-D. <laughs> when we go to the club, we don't need ID. Yeah. Like, that hey. was, Um, the, he was my favorite, I though. still
1: hear that. If I go outside, uh, somebody's playing that song right now outside. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you could go to a brunch. You could go to a, a farmer's market. That song, you're going to hear that song. You, you're at Safeway just like, yo, are they playing Mac Dre inside here? That's how yeah. they 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 do not play. A that's that's and great. Man. And oh, E-40 and T-Shorts just don't say anything Mm -hmm. bad about any of those guys if you want to if you come to the bay just like be nice about it because yeah i was all (laughs) they they don't care about
2: (laughs) i was all about e40 just that whole scene but even just like um uh because i used to get those uh the the frisco street show mixtapes uh and i used to pick those up and like that was that was me in high school i was like all about the that entire area and bay area music and then when hyphy like Really took off. Uh, man. It was great. Come it was on, good man. Time. Shake them dreads. Shake them <laughs> dreads.
1: <laughs> I, like, had to get dreads when I moved here. I'm like, yo,
3: I don't have a choice. Man, My, I my remember, hair was like, you have to. I remember when I first got some hang times with White Locks, and I was I was in a bar, and, like, tell me where to go came on, and I was like, do do I shake – my dreads.
2: <laughs> you right can't. Out. This song
1: is for you, Phil. Yes, yeah. for you.
3: Shake them
0: dreads. That's right.
2: Jesus Christ had dreads, so shake them. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Nah, the shock G was like a really sad loss because. Man. Like,
0: damn.
3: Yeah, that one. Damn. Was, damn.
2: Yeah, I'm telling you, I think I think Doom was such a
3: hard loss for me because I discovered him like at a time when I was like listening to music hard, like right mm-hmm. in college. Yeah. And I mean, I listened to Doom every day. It was to right. a point where people would come to my apartment and I would just play Doom. And it would right. be people like, I don't know who this guy is. And I'm like, yo, mm-hmm. listen to Operation Doomsday. I would try and like pawn off yes. every album I could on him.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
3: when I found out he died that way, I was just kind of like, This is not real, man. Like this right. is yeah. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And man, I just one of my favorite artists of all time. Not just because not just because I liked his music, just because of what he represented. Um, Everything. Just because he stayed independent, just because mm-hmm. so many things like the stuff he dealt with leaving the country, right? Just he just was a special artist, man. How he would
1: send fake MF Dooms to these do shows, like he's he, legendary, man.
3: man <laughs> and when when you looked at how other people revered him too, like those videos of Most Death, like right. rapping his lyrics and just yeah. geeking out over the guy. He's
1: one of the most loved hip hop artists of all man. time. Like every
3: rapper's like, oh, I love MF Doom,
1: I I, I copied him. Like, of yeah. rappers say that?
3: Yeah, watching um that that clip of uh when I Future met him and how they were just so geeked out because he he knew who they were. Mm-hmm. Man, he he just he just was different, man. He was different.
2: Yeah. Um uh, and doom, man. Uh Vincent asks, uh what was your favorite uh what was your rap favorites from 2006 to 2011? Ooh interesting. Uh me and Emilio talk all the time about how it felt so wide open again thanks to the blog and uh social media. Uh, uh, that's culture.
1: uh um I like uh- West Coast Again type div. They were messing it up. Yeah, Cool, cool Kids. Oh, come
3: on, Oh, man. yo. That cool first kids Cool Kids, are kids album? It. Yeah, come on, That first man. Cool Kids album was, was
1: Those crazy. beats, that production on there was just like, like that yeah. was that time, bro. You was trying man. to get you
3: some Chuck English beats for sure. Uh, the first time I heard Black Max, that was right. crazy. That was game-changing.
2: Um, so I, I have to give, um, yeah, I guess, to piggyback off of uh, Phil last week, um, my my favorite 2006 to 2011, yeah, it has to be. O-U-P. So I was gonna joke and say Flow Rider just to mess up <laughs> mess with Reds, but you're right. It is. I was about to leave out of here. rider. No. so um, so it is it is Lupe Fiasco. Um, and you know because he said 2006, so like yeah. right off the bat, Food and Same. Liquor came out 06. Um. And you know what's great? Uh, Here's a fun fun story. Uh, So remember, uh, I think about three episodes ago, I told the story of how my daughter, one of her cool things is that she loves to, like, appeal to other people's senses, right? Mm -hmm. So um, for three nights in a row, she's just been sitting up listening to the first food and liquor. And, Mm. like, I walk in to tuck her in, and uh, she's just listening to it. But, like, on her own. Without, like, uh, and the first night I walked in, I was like, what are you listening I was like, why are you listening to this? Did you just like hit play on like one of my random playlists or something? She's like, No, I just I heard you talk about um, that this was one of your favorite albums I just wanted to hear it. Wow. And I was like, Cool. Uh, That's cool. I Man. was like, enjoy. And so uh, great I great album off to listen and, to too. And then the next day she's like walking around going, kick. Push. Push and coast. And she's like, I just love that song. And that's so um, cool. Yeah.
1: That's And, and then that's how was, I felt when I
2: heard it too. And so I walked <laughs> in the the next day, and of course she's like listening to sunshine. And I'm like, You actually like this, don't you? And she was like, Yeah. She's like, it's it's really good. And man. uh I said, just I said, give it time. Uh I said, there's she's like, What are the other albums? I was like, Oh, don't you worry? Uh, yeah, I says feel free to throw on the cool next, and then you can listen to lasers. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a feeling being younger that might appeal to you more. Um right. and so. uh, said you'll have fun. Uh,
3: listen to tattoo old man. I <laughs> big fan of the Fahrenheit uh, first and fifteenth albums. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm an enormous Lupe fan. So right. man, I've listened murals, to murals when dropped. she listens
1: to murals and she's like, what oh. is this? What is this guy doing here? How did he? How do you? How do you do well, this? Well, or, you know, I'm I was like, rapper, you know, the... I heard that I'm like, yo, how do you, Lupe, you have to like leave some raps for the rest of us, please. Thank you. So <laughs> I had, I was standing outside her
2: door, right? And I'm like, kind of just like peeking my head in because I'm like, I wonder what American terrorist is going to change her perception, how that's going to like alter her perception on things. Right. Uh, because yeah. at the end of the day, she's still a tween. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but honestly, like I was listening to to hip hop long before this. worse so like than Lupe yeah. at that time, so yeah, way so, worse. Way so worse. I'm like whatever. Way, well, okay, back to Dynamite worse. though, because this is ultimately a pro wrestling show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the other but thing, we love hip hop, so yes, we, we, we will do. always yeah. get yeah.
3: off And by day the day day. way, of course, my answer is the same as Will's. It, it's Lupe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Lupe, yeah, Lupe's the guy from that time. Man, come on, that's mm-hmm.
2: it. Um. So the other thing to talk about, uh, because there's definitely mixed opinions. On the main event, uh, which saw the elite take on the uh, take on the Dark Order, there's there's mixed opinions
1: on what. (laughs) I I must have just like ignored this part of the internet. Seriously, I didn't see it. Like, what? What happened?
2: Okay, so a lot of people mad about the halloween stuff a lot oh, of people God. yeah i know i know i know right on, so it's
1: halloween we have masks on come yeah. on dude it's content
2: so here's the thing uh as fightful select reported um and fightfulselect.com drop your five bucks you'll get some good news uh it was reported of course that uh three hours before uh this week's episode of dynamite um the elite had their halloween costumes nixed because they were originally going to do squid game and TNT uh, put a stop to that. So shout out to my dude, Mikey Ruckus, who posted Uh about this. Oh, Ruckus. But Ruckus, on three hours' notice, uh, he got a text, (laughs) hey, we need a... uh," And he dropped a sample of... um, He he did drop a little sample of what the the Squid Game thing was going to be. But he was like... uh, But they told him, on three hours' notice, hey, can you whip up a Ghostbusters theme? And he said... He didn't even send that over until, like, two minutes into the show having already started. They didn't even wow. get that until the show had started already. Uh, so, like... That's a tough job, man. Props get- to them <laughs> for putting that intense. together.
1: And he says this often, too. He's always like, yo, they gave me two hours. They're like, yo, their entrance is in two hours. We need it. And he's like, I just... I do it. Dude, <laughs> yeah. he, is, he is a legend, man, already. Yeah, no, and, it, and
2: it's just... And it's just getting better like i have questions about all of this that uh, uh that need to be answered because like what was the say puff reveal going to be without the ghostbusters theme right. uh, yeah. like I, i'm curious like mm-hmm. because that reveal went off so well with that crowd it got such a pop when you know it, it's one of those like tragic irony things where you start mm-hmm. to realize like wait a minute that there's there's no way that's Hangman under that that uh, that horse head. That's hmm. Mm-hmm. And like when you start to realize it, and like and then the moment the big reveal that it was Brandon Cutler, and then you're like, uh oh, that means that that's not Brandon Cutler with them, mm-hmm. and he was with them the whole time. Jeez, um, like that whole reveal, it was fun. Uh, and I know that that's a word that people really don't want to. Hear. Oh yeah, they don't like but, that. But it was. It was just. fun fun i had fun with that whole thing um i don't know how this halloween stuff keeps getting under people's skin because they do this every year like they literally did the um the uh what was it kenny did the sands from um
3: that was fire too man yeah
2: he did that one two years ago like this and they did that as baby faces uh and and but people were like up in arms about that about like how could somebody be taken seriously dressing up in halloween costumes like it's halloween Like I guess I don't see it, and sure, call me a show. What the fuck ever. Um, I don't see the downside here because ultimately, I truly believe that's who all of these guys are, and it's not. I don't feel like they're being anything other than their genuine selves when Mm -hmm. they do stuff like this. So Mm -hmm. like. And like it was over with the crowd. The crowd was way into it. The reveal of Hangman under the the Stay puff mask got a massive pop. Awesome. I don't. Man. I I don't see any downside. Great to moment. It. Yeah. Hey, I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was mm-hmm. fun. Uh, but uh, there's that. And the match was
1: fire too, as always.
2: And shout out uh to super chat from MC Squishy Tushi. Um and said i'm so mad at y'all i got grad school work to do in this combo it's gonna have me say go dumb, dumb for the rest of the day uh sorry that's
3: all day tell uh, me that's when to go we go Man, right now how could you, first of all how could you not like that main event i'm sorry it was just fun that's what um, i'm
1: saying i'm like what
3: them coming out to the ghostbuster theme which again was fire and then doing the entrance and you could just tell that they're having fun i know people are like this is what they have adam cole doing you can't tell me that Adam Cole is not having a blast. You can see it all over his face. He's having fun.
2: Um, and, like, and there's it, a story here. There's a, there a couple of little story elements that I think people were missing, such as um, there's the underlying thing of Adam Cole stealing the bucks from Kenny, which is, like, very clearly uh, – I, I feel like it's, like, beating you over the head. It's so on the nose. But yeah. um, then you pointed out to somebody, like, oh, that's what's happening. Because, like, there was a moment where um, – uh, I forgot who they got in the, the camel clutch position, but Kenny goes to like apply something and, um, and Adam Cole like taps him on the shoulder and he's like, hey, go check on the Dark Order. And then he goes and puts him in the camel clutch and then gets the kiss on the cheeks from the young bucks. Mm-hmm. And Kenny kind of looks back over like, oh, I guess. Mm-hmm. um And like, but like that moment of uh Cole like shooing Kenny off and, and then him and the bucks do their thing. Like to me, it's, I feel like yeah. there's an underlying story of like, yeah but but you got to do it slowly like it's one of those things that's not going to happen overnight it's not one of those things where like cole is going to come in and like just immediately execute the elite that's not going to make any sense like you're you know you can't have it both ways you can't say i want long-term stories but i also want the instant gratification of adam cole as the guy like he is already like super over he's Mm -hmm. already to me he comes off like a star and uh but then also, Carl he's like, him. he's telling his story of, because uh, I, 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 I can see where some of the issue comes about. I think if you were invested in NXT, which I wasn't, um, but I I did follow <laughs> NXT, but like, I wasn't invested, right? I can get if you were invested in NXT, you've already seen the story of Adam Cole breaking out as a single star. And so you feel like he's already there. You don't want to see that again. However... If your investment um comes along the lines where mine is, where like I see and I've always seen Adam Cole as like um I mean I've watched Adam Cole go from faction to faction. He went he was a part of the kingdom. Um, yeah. you know, this was a guy who was uh Future Shock. He's done uh, so
1: many things.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: but then like he really rose to prominence as a member of the Bullet Club and um of course the sub faction of the Bullet Club, the elite. And mm-hmm. uh that's a story that never got finished getting told. And so like to me uh he's still a member of the elite. He I had, think
1: people had, don't re- people only think of Adam Cole in NXT and they don't remember that before he got to NXT he was doing all this stuff with the Young Bucks and you know he was this isn't new which and, means and, that's what he wanted
2: to do. And more than that um Adam Cole like this isn't somebody who necessarily other than the boom thing like this isn't really somebody who who took his uh wwe persona like Mm -hmm. who had a persona developed in wwe adam cole came into nxt already with buzz he came in and people were like oh that's adam cole this Mm -hmm. is uh this is a guy who's an indie sensation and like adam cole baby was already a thing that was a thing indie crowds did that was a thing like so if you ignore his entire wwe run if that never happened this story is still told the same way because right. this is a guy who is a part of the elite, mm-hmm. and this is these are his guys. Like, if he's gonna break out of this faction, it let it happen on or I I feel like that's the story has to be told without the context of the Undisputed Era. I feel like that's right. what you guys want. But like mm-hmm, ultimately, yeah. that's not that, really that, play honestly. Part it's completely irrelevant to this story. Yeah, like it, it it as far as we're concerned that never happened like mm. adam cole <laughs> was a part of the elite yep. and then he wasn't for a few years and now he is again like that's yep. that's how this story is shaking he, out right he was now.
3: dead all that time um, yeah <laughs> he was dead all that time so but yeah the two things i took away first of all we got to give we got to give Brandon color his flowers man he has just become <laughs> one of the funniest members of the elite. he, he, he plays that role like the the way that he sold the the uh, BTE trigger after they revealed the horse and he just fell over like he was just exhausted. Chef kiss, he's just he's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point with the Adam Cole thing, when they came all out into the ring and they were you know hamming it up with the Ghostbuster stuff, Cole still got in the middle and did Adam Cole baby, mm-hmm. and he still looked like the biggest star out of those four, right? Um, so I don't see how people think that he's taking a step back. He still no. looks like a huge star. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, to your point, the Omega stuff, they're planting all the seeds when, right. when Adam Cole went to tag in and Omega ignored him, doing the picture-in-picture. There's yeah. like, those little subtle things there's, there. there's little
2: things. I mean, here's another thing. Cole's undefeated. And yeah. when Kenny loses the title, guess who's going to, like, Kind of easy to be there. a number one contender. And like there's there's a little dissension you could play up there of like And guess who
1: started this feud with the Adams versus Adams? Will Washington did <laughs> already. He already planted the seeds for this Adam versus
0: Adams feud. <laughs>
2: uh, and hey, shout out to Drew. He says apparently wrestling isn't allowed to be anything but Vince at the top micromanaging and making the show the way he wants. How dare mm-hmm. wrestlers get to be themselves and be happy. And like, bro, they
1: did a trick or street match on the other show or whatever you call it. Like Come
2: on! Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, Halloween
1: the theming. Pumpkin? It's they do this every year.
2: Halloween I mean, theming to show. me, it uh, Halloween theming to me is fine. Like um, Halloween
1: Havoc, bro. Come on.
2: Like, I don't mind this, and I don't mind it from any company, honestly. Mm-hmm. I I don't mind pro wrestling being fun, and I don't even mind it being fun at the top. I, it's a lot of revisionist history to act like Stone Cold never did fun shit. Oh come on. Revisionist history to act like The Rock. Wasn't all, all of was it, it was camp. Yeah, well, all of it was camp. The Rock Come on, wasn't man. comedy like eighty percent of the time. Right. Um, like when The Rock got serious, he got serious. But like, he was a way lot of more fans not serious. A lot of fans like The Rock for making people laugh. Right. Um, that was right. Man, we just talked
3: about the Nation. One of the most memorable Nation things was The Rock giving <laughs> the picture of him and giving everybody else the Rolexes. Exactly. And that was funny.
2: <laughs> so like. Either way, that that's that topic. We got others to get to. Um, <laughs> when the because... rock's
1: like, "Come, Adilo, let's go." <laughs> <laughs> Man, the nation was hard. I'm gonna watch some nation clips today.
2: So we we got a. Uh, y- y'all are about to laugh when this uh, Chiron comes up.
0: Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs>
1: I wouldn't know because he's blocked me on Twitter, so I wouldn't even know that he's the champ. <laughs> that damn son of a bitch. How did Moose... Moose was like, I have to get a topic on this show, so I have to win this belt. You guys have to make me the champion. I don't know, man. I don't know, man.
3: I don't I, know, man. I I don't get it. I mean, I think you had a great story there with um, Alexander finally winning the title after everything, and you just didn't need to insert the Moose stuff. I just... It just was a bad decision to me. And that's not just because I think, you know, Moose is problematic. I just don't understand the need for that swerve. It just, I don't feel like you needed to do that.
2: Um, yeah. I mean, look, there is nothing worse to me than title changes without an actual (laughs) match. Nothing. There's very few things I hate more than that. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's across the board. I... Whether it's a title exchange, whether it's a cash in, like I feel like just not a fan I'm just not a fan of mm-hmm. changing titles without a match having taken place and like it. it's just it's my least favorite thing. I feel like that should have just like remained edges thing right <laughs> because I, at least then it was like unique to to somebody, but otherwise, right. I just hate it. You I know what, it, I'll, it, sh- it, I'll
1: it. shoot Moose some bail, though. I saw a lot of people that were excited that this happened. They were stoked that the, the way that he did it, they were happy. Like, they, they there are a lot of people that are on Team Moose. And for that, that's cool. But, you know, I, I mean, I tr- I'm trying to just get past all the shit that Moose is in to just be like, hey, great, great win. But it's just, like, really hard. I'm going to try it for a minute. Hey, Moose, great win, man. Black world champion. Your impact, yeah. That's wrestlers.
0: all I got. That's uh, all I got.
3: Um, no, I, uh, I mean, listen, that's all I got, Mo- man. I don't know. Moose is, Moose is drastically improved as a wrestler. I he's a great wrestler. Point. Oh my he's god, he's improved a lot as a wrestler. When the like bell rings, man, that match
1: with Rich Swan a few months ago. Ooh, that match was great. Insane.
3: Um, yeah, he had to, he had a run of great matches during that time. So I mean, man, this isn't about him being a bad wrestler. It's just right. kind of the other outside of wrestling things that yeah, make him look bad. Exactly. And then also, I just feel like everybody was behind Alexander. And it it's not bad to give the heels something to give him heat, but I just didn't feel like it added anything to this pay-per-view. I just feel like it mm-hmm. it sent people home unhappy for no reason. Right. And, man, if this is the end of the impact in AEW partnership, it's not a good sign that... The first first show you really did that was a big show without Omega. A lot of people didn't like it, and <laughs> I that, that's not a good sign to me. That's <laughs> not. Um.
2: Yeah. That. So yeah. That. That is. Uh, that's a, a story. good point. There is a story, of course, out that this is the um, end of the partnership. Now the, there's a lot of like negative spin with that, but apparently this has been the plan for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh. That it was always i guess they said since the spring planned to end it bound for glory right. uh and that that's not to say that the door is not open to continue doing more um because you could start to see certain things uh, play out like back at all out when uh uh brian showed up and the there's that final shot of the elite staring down uh with brian and christian and jurassic express Uh, for whatever reason, the Good Brothers like disappeared. Like Mm -hmm. they were there for the moment when Brian and everybody showed up, but the stare down was between just the four members of the elite and the four guys in the ring and Mm -hmm. you didn't see uh, Gallows and Anderson at all. It's like they were told like get out of the shot make sure this is between these guys and now like we haven't seen them in a while. Like it's almost they've been kind of heading in that direction of like easing them out. It's Mm -hmm. not as if they're like gone they even tweeted like we're still members of the elite don't, don't yeah. get it twisted we're still here um it's just that they you know we're not working with them right now uh so i don't know uh i think that uh, you know there's questions about you know what did this who did this partnership benefit uh and i think it's kind of clear who it did and that, like, you know, when people say Impact got nothing out of this partnership, I disagree. I think Impact got to close out a lot of uh, loose ends. Like, yep. Christian got to have closure with Impact. Yep. Like, are you kidding me? Um, yeah. You'll, you know, I, obviously Christian, the majority of Christian's career is going to be known off of his WWF round and being tagged with Edge. But ultimately, Christian had his, like, biggest singles performances in Impact. And uh, that was a run that kind of ended in a way where he probably didn't want it to end that way. You know, right. he didn't want it to end on a negative note because, like, he did have uh, a big singles run, and then Impact itself got so wrapped up in signing all those other guys that they just kind of cast Christian off to the side, and like, you know, he got this time he got to end it as champion, and right. it got to put a, a pin in it. Frankie.
1: With this, uh, who who benefited most? I want to know, what did what does AEW have to do to get you to watch Impact Wrestling? Because that's what this all comes down to. Why yeah. is it AEW's fault that you're not still watching Impact Wrestling? <laughs> it's not AEW's fault that you didn't stick around. It's I
3: your mean, fault. You I know mean, what I mean? Omega gave you several great title defenses on yeah. Impact pay-per-views. And to mm-hmm. say that they got nothing from that in a time where what? they were struggling to build main eventers. And yes. they... AW gave you a ready-made main eventer who mm-hmm. was one of the biggest stars in the industry. So to say that they didn't they didn't benefit from that is just insane. Well, that's and, crazy. And,
2: and the other thing too is like I look at it as Impact the biggest benefit to me for Impact was that Impact had to come back without fans. Impact had and that's a lot tougher than really anybody. It WWE is. had to uh, WWE has the built-in Ability to say that, one, they're WWE. Mm-hmm. And um, and they had the resources to build something like the Thunderdome eventually. AEW had Daily's Place, which is a really unique outdoor venue. And they were able to bring in fans months into the, the start of the pandemic. They started bringing right. in fans last August. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, they at least had that going for them. Impact really just had a studio right. uh, to wrestle out of that I think looked okay. But for mm-hmm. the most part dead silence and it's 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 a harder sell Mm -hmm. uh so like they they needed some kind of hook and i feel like kenny was that hook for them for a long time um and now impact is back to having fans um they're back to having pay-per-views at locations like honestly now it's it's back on impact but Mm -hmm. you know it was a little bit of a boost for them to be able to to get to work with another promotion for a little while. And they're they still, you know, the New Japan's working with everybody right now. The Forbidden Door is still open. Yeah, they're um, doing a
1: lot of great things at Impact. Just watch Impact, you guys. That's how you get them man, in a better position. I, no. <laughs> it's now,
2: I, I will say this. Uh, uh, oh, and back, back to the shout-out. Uh, I just want to bring up what Tim said. He said Stone Cold made a pizza out of Booker. Yeah, that talking about uh, comedy and stuff. That but is, yeah, uh, yeah, as far as... Uh, uh, one of the things that I didn't like out of Bound for Glory also, and I knew it was going to happen, but the other thing I'm not a huge fan of is people coming in and winning titles. Um, mm. and Because I feel like it undermines the division you have yes. in place. Yes, and yes, so, yes, yes. yes. Uh, yeah. I
3: agree. Hard agree. So the, well, I will say this. I I saw some people that were pretty mad about the Mickey one. I thought Mickey winning was fine because... Mickey is like, a different story. Yeah, I, was talking, I was talking about the, tag, the inspiration. The tag, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, Mickey coming. Like, I saw some people that were saying this makes Diana look bad. And I was like, no, it doesn't because they've built up that she's beaten all these other legends and to have Mickey be the one that goes, no, 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 you're not going to get one over me. And I was also confused because when Mickey was with WWE, she was there from 2016, right? Yeah. We wanted her to get another world title reign and right. she got that. Why are we mad about it now? That did make sense to
2: me. Um, um, yeah, so I feel like with Mickey, it's a case of like that to me feels more like a Rocky type run, right? Where like yeah. she, she's coming back to the place that, uh, to the house she kind of built and mm-hmm. like is is uh, returning to remind people you know, I still got this mm-hmm. uh, and this is a title that I held more than anybody. Yeah. And, uh, and of course Deanna's still going to yeah, and I, they've been I, setting
1: this up for months. Like it's yeah, a long It's story. been in the works since it's anniversary. A long story. Yeah. So I'm
2: good with Deanna. Uh what I am Shout annoyed by James is that the, yeah. Real quick too. I'm good I'm good with Mickey James and Deanna uh, and I'm good with Mickey James winning the title. I actually don't mind that at all and I think mm-hmm. Deanna's going And
3: it was a great match. By the great way. match. Yeah. Very good
2: match. Uh, and and Deanna's like Deanna's going to get it back. And if They're she doesn't like Deanna. honestly I think the future the is sky high for Deanna and uh i think whether it's with impact or whether it's anywhere else i think the fact that she got to to create a new name for herself and create a new presence for herself uh there's so much more for diana she Um, she
3: doesn't she doesn't need the title at this point i feel like she's already legitimized how great she is over the last year or so yeah that
2: said uh talking about uh the inspiration coming in and just winning the titles I hate that. I hate Yay. the idea of somebody just entering, never having been in that division before, never having been in the promotion before, and winning a title. It's my least favorite thing. Uh, I. It doesn't matter where it happens. I am not a fan of somebody coming in and winning a championship because I feel like that undermines the division as it previously existed. Now, uh, and, and right now, um, the Knockouts Tag Division was supposed to be Showing us how it's done, uh, and it—I feel like it really hasn't been the last like three or four months, mm-hmm. uh, and so I, I was a little annoyed by that.
1: Them uh, losing Kira and you know them breaking yeah. up, fire players, right, right,
3: It's yeah, it just yeah,
2: yeah, and that was exactly the point. It was, was a big making. hit for them. Yes,
3: y- yeah, and I—I I will say this. Um, the only reason shout out Jabari, that, by the way. Hey, um, the only reason that I was fine with it is that, um impacts tag division doesn't have any established tag teams anymore. Like they are all like kind of put together tag teams. Like they mm-hmm. lost all of their good established tag team. Mm-hmm. And so when you bring in a team that is a tag team and they know each other, you know, back and forth and they right. immediately came in and looked like big stars with the entrance and everything, which I thought the entrance was good. Um, I thought it made perfect sense for the established team to win. I felt okay. like if they had come in as an established team and and lost to uh decay, it would have been kind of like well, that's a very w w e thing to do and that was the only okay. reason why it didn't bother me yeah, I see
1: I'm like trying to think of their established teams now, and I'm like, yeah they, they, they the, the women
3: for the women's they don't have
1: any um right,
2: and that's it that's not a knock by the way on the inspiration uh I'm not one of those people that doesn't like. The iconics um, or the iconic yeah. duo or whatever you want to know the as, I actually do like the mess performers I think um uh Billy Kay or Jessica, I think she's one of the funniest people in pro wrestling, male or female. I mm. think she's just so damn funny and oh, yeah. uh so, but like I just I don't like bringing people in and winning titles uh I, we got a couple of super chats I, I want to read uh. We'll start with uh, Shanika who says, uh, "Let us not forget how Impact also yanked their Twitch simulcast. Big mistake. I am
1: huge mistake. Huge mistake. I, yeah. yeah, I agree. Just keep that, that going. Uh, There's no reason I mean, not to keep doing that.
2: But I, I think monetarily there might be, uh, and I think ultimately they wanted because it's not just about getting eyes on your show; it's also about getting eyes that make money on your show. Uh, yeah. You know, TV rights." Uh, obviously are, are way bigger than streaming rights. They just are. Uh, and I don't believe there was much rights happening at all with Twitch. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong there. Let me know. But I, I'm pretty sure monetarily that was probably a lost leader to just put the show out for free uh, to Twitch viewers.
1: Impact just is unfortunate because they never are on a network that like people have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they've got to get off
2: Access. Access uh, is a dud to me. But the right, problem is, yeah, they got to uh, go somewhere. Right? Problem is, Access is owned by Anthem, right? So like, right, uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's actually uh, almost. Uh, Easy for them. Uh, And Matt said, thoughts on the lip singing uh, entrance for the inspiration? It was corny, but it was fun. Uh,
3: It was was corny, but it fit who they are, and that's why I thought it was it was perfect. It fit who who they are as a tag team. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, So I'll say this uh, because you know Impact has had some. They've actually kind of lucked into some like crazy great TV deals, and then on the other hand, uh, right now you know they don't really have like a TV deal per se. They they just happen to be on the network that owns. Uh, On a network that's owned by the company that owns them, Uh, so if anything, it's more of like a WCW type situation where at least now they never have to worry about negotiations or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Because like Spike was big for them, because uh, we tend to under like history kind of undermines how big of a deal Spike was, Mm -hmm. because um, history has kind of rewritten the fact that WWE willingly went back to USA Network. That's not what happened. USA or Spike actually canceled Raw. Uh, mm. If you literally look up the headline, um, I could even pull this up. Uh, let's see. Spike cancels Raw. Uh, it was. There it is. Variety. Posted an article March 10th, 2005. Spike TV smacks down WWE. Uh, uh, Spike TV has severed ties with Vince McMahon, World Wrestling Entertainment, effectively ending its run on um, the cabler this fall. Like, God, that was the loser. thing. Loser. They I did bet not. You
1: Vince is so pissed.
2: They did yeah. not willingly go back to USA Network. Um, that was one of those. We came crawling back to USA Network because Spike gave him the boot. Because Spike ultimately wanted more in house produced content at the time now ultimately right. history has vindicated wwe because spike tv is no more wwe and usa network still going um, vince sent USA a <laughs> you up
1: text he was like hey,
2: <laughs> hey, hey big kid Hey, big <laughs> but like so so the thing was it was big for impact to end up on spike because of the fact that uh spike was doing so well with the ultimate fighter with all the ufc content they had and like uh all of a sudden, they had a wrestling void they needed to fill, and they had just given Raw the boot, and they had picked up um, Impact because it was uh, it was easier content for them, and it was more of an in-house produced content uh, because Spike TV was handling the production at the time. Uh, and that was a great deal for them, and that's why mm-hmm. like production shifted so hard when they left... Spike and went to... I think it was Pop was after that, right? And then Destination mm. America. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up on uh, um, where they are now on Access. Uh, I mean, it is crazy. Impact has been uh, on... I think Impact and SmackDown like, have the record for the most network changes for, um, I think, any TV show ever? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh So, that that's kind of nuts. But anyway, as far as Down for Glory was concerned, that was for glory
3: uh Uh, man it man a a huge mixed bag there were good things about the show but it just closed on a sour note for me yeah Um, i liked uh the x division uh trey miguel's the new champion
1: that was that was a a phenomenal
3: match too yeah they had some shining moments for sure but yeah and and shout out to trey all right trey has been trying to win that title for a long time yeah it was like his 10th attempt Mm-hmm. and so it was cool to see him finally win it i really yep. like the uh the Don't spider-man sh- man gear he's doing now he's killing it he he's one of the most innovative wrestlers in the world he does some
1: crazy stuff yeah
2: yeah, yeah. um and myron in uh, a shout out for the super chat thank you myron always appreciate the super chats. He said impact needs uh more women to compliment diana and oh, we forgot yeah. jordan Won yeah and the jordan media champion yep, yep. um losing kiera and Taya hurt them mm-hmm. uh yeah, I mean, it's there's there's a lot of fracturing in women's wrestling going on right now um, that what? may actually find itself repaired by um, the number one story that we're going to get to in just a moment. But uh, I want to talk about our dude Biggie. Um, he's doing it, man. He is. He is killing it. And uh,
1: it's so beautiful to see. I think someone just said, I think Booker T might be the first wrestler ever on the Breakfast Club. I'm mm-hmm. not 100% positive about that, but it sounds pretty correct. And yeah. as the WWE Champion, like, of course, you know.
2: Biggie, yeah. WWE Champion uh, on the Breakfast Club. Um, there's just so much there's just so much greatness for the culture happening. There right. That yeah, i That's just like, like it was that's... good. And he's there with the WWE championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that's always good for pro wrestling. He's there. He's getting to talk about representation and pro wrestling, which is always a good thing. And he's talking about it on a platform that more people should be hearing about representation and pro wrestling, because there's uh, even as representation has gotten better and is getting better, there's, you, you talk to non-wrestling fans about it, they still think wrestling is for Hicks. And uh, so yep. it is.
1: Every time uh, I tell someone I write for wrestling, they're like, you? Are you sure?
2: Yeah. Those they're stuff, like, yeah,
1: they, they never get it.
2: They're like, oh, oh that's that stuff, the Redneck's like? Yeah. Uh, yeah, seriously. you know. And it, <laughs> right. And, and so, like, I, um, so I, I, I get it. And I feel like um, this is a very, very good thing. And seeing Big E getting to make appearances on uh, college football and just mm-hmm. all these places, I honestly I think it's the coolest thing in the world. And uh, I feel like this is the most play I've seen the WWE Championship get in years, uh, because the WWE Championship has really been treated as secondary to the Universal right. uh, for a long time, and. You know, this honestly, is honestly really in the context they, of WWE, it still is, but uh, they, outside. they talk
1: about uh, they talk about media and like it when you become the WWE champion, you have to do all these things and you have to go on today's show and you have to do all that. But like, Roman don't be doing none of this. Roman ain't outside, <laughs> Roman is not Roman outside, ain't outside. <laughs> Roman is at SmackDown. He is not outside, he's not at the Today Show, he's not at he's not anywhere. Big E has been out. Side, bro he was at that boxing match he's been at college football he's been at the breakfast club he's been at uh, the barber shop with the uh, wwe championship my brother has that culture outside it's culture and it's going down and we love biggie man it's amazing to see that he's like uh just like i said i I tweeted a couple days ago that i actually had an interview with biggie for it'll be coming out in pwi the magazine and it was amazing he just kind of talked about the same things he talked about on the Breakfast Club of, of representation and and being super excited about Bianca being the world champion and and that it's different out here for black wrestlers and even black wrestling fans. You know we have representation that we haven't had. We haven't had different types of black wrestlers that aren't stereotypical, and we haven't even had some that are stereotypical that that we could just get behind and and enjoy. And Big E is doing everything that we love. And he's doing he's he's uh doing all the media stops that like a rapper that's having a great album is doing doing and it's like I relate to that. I relate seeing Big E on the Breakfast Club. I relate yeah. to seeing him announcing on a boxing match. Like that makes me feel good to see as a black wrestling fan. So yeah. it's been great
3: for Big E, man. I love it. Totally agree. It it definitely looks like he's on the press run. He's on the press tour as champion, and I just Mm -hmm. love to see it, especially because he's coming to our outlets. It's not like he's going to their outlet to do it. And when I say our, you know what I mean.
4: So yeah,
0: Yeah.
3: (laughs) you know, I just love to see it. I mean, hey, I didn't I didn't watch the whole interview yet. I did watch the clip, Um, but man, it's just cool to see him out here thriving because he deserves it.
2: Yeah. No, I'm I'm so happy for Biggie uh because i feel like he's also the right guy to be doing it like um the fact that uh he is so versed in every single thing he's talking about Mm -hmm. um you know i I, oh my god
1: so intelligent jeez i gave you know
2: i gave woods the props last week for being such an ambassador such a great ambassador but biggie is too um Mm -hmm. and that biggie is a guy you can have these conversations with and and come away with something good Right. And uh, I'm just I'm real happy to I think to he's seen.
1: I think he sat back and studied like he's been, there, you know, in WWE on the main roster for almost 10 years. And like he's just mm-hmm. sat back and studied all everybody that's came before him and what they did. And he's figured out how he was going to do it his way. And his way is so great.
0: Yeah, I love it. it it's is.
1: great to love see. Biggie
2: um and terrence uh said bad news brown should have had a run as wwe oh champion. my
1: goodness he should have beat hogan we all know that for sure yeah, yeah, yeah he was set up dude he was set up he was one of the baddest like you just knew like okay like wrestling is you know it's not you know on the up and up everything real isn't happening here but like you don't want to run into this guy in a dark alley dude
2: he would like <laughs> no. he would
1: destroy your life
2: definitely yeah, not so just i'm real happy for biggie and yeah this is this is cool. Um, I am curious because uh, there was a big ladder match on Raw this week mm-hmm. uh, between pretty much I, everybody in it was drafted. Um, matter of fact, I am Raw is interesting because at a glance, especially if you don't watch SmackDown, which I feel like mm-hmm. there's very few people who watch Raw but don't watch SmackDown, so it's mm-hmm. probably being far between but let's say you don't just because you don't have time on fridays raw in the last like two months kind of flushed its entire main event scene down like smackdown at least still has elements of what it was before and that roman reigns is still the top guy so the bloodline is all still the top act on smackdown but raw everything's gone Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything I, i i mean like bobby lashley is still there obviously but he wasn't on tv this week um and it also by the way this Hurt Business reunion is so far no good. And uh, I wanted to see it be a whole lot better. Yeah, but, I don't like, know. The fact no, it, that it, like...
1: They, they were just trying to do an angle that one night. They were like, I let's know, put the
2: because, Hurt Business
1: back together. And then nothing else. Because um, you, you
2: brought in... Um, uh, they brought in C- Cedric and in, uh, in Shelton to do their thing. And yeah, they... I mean, the, the way they came in and Goldberg kind of made short work of him, and now Keith Lee beat him. And uh, I saw, you know, I have to give shout out to, because uh, I'm going to steal this point from, from Bix, uh, David Bixenspan, in which he said, How could you sign Big E? Or not Big E. How could you sign Keith Lee and essentially remove all the things that made him Keith Lee? Because, like, everything Keith Lee about him is no longer there. Like, you don't want him wrestling like Keith Lee anymore. You want him, they want you him, want him... to be
1: Mark Henry. I'll say <laughs> it once and I've said it again. The reason that Keith Lee doesn't work is because they try to make him into Mark Henry. They're trying to make him the strong guy that does strong things and bends flying plans in half. And no, he's not Mark Henry, bro. He That's does flip. He does, yeah, Ken he runs. He jumps. He does crazy stuff. They took everything away about him. Like I said, I tweeted the other day, he was limitless, which they convinced him that wasn't a gimmick, but it's totally a gimmick. A big black man that can do extraordinary things I that mean, big kid. black men aren't supposed to do? How is that not a gimmick? I'm inspired by that. I used to be a chubby kid. I'm a chubby black kid. I'm inspired by Keith Lee. How do you take that away and make him a fucking uh, bear?
2: I mean, yeah, so like I, I you know, I, I feel like This is part of why I don't mind NXT 2.0 because I feel like ultimately WWE needs a wrestler factory um, because the thing I don't want to see them do is take guys who have stuff. Well, because I don't want to see them take guys who had stuff going for them and essentially beat that out of them where Mm -hmm. it's like, no, that's not what we want. Um, Then it's like, then why did you sign me? Why did you sign me if you essentially don't want me to be me? Uh, You want me to be something else. So like, honestly, my body type. Like get a wrestler factory where you can make these wrestlers, but like, uh, and that's what NXT Create 2.0 ultimately needs to be. You need to be creating wrestlers because <laughs> signing guys to turn them into something else that sucks. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that anymore. And Just like wasting
1: wa- everybody's time.
2: Yeah, and I'm watching it happen with Keith Lee, and uh, like, why? Why did you sign Keith Lee? If he what is the gimmick, explain to me
1: right now what the gimmick is besides growling. <laughs> Oh, he's a bear now. What is this? What's a bear cat? Man, Somebody explain but,
3: it to me. tweet it. Man, I feel like you stepped on such a great point though, Reg, and that they took they took a black guy whose gimmick was that I'm limitless. I can do anything. And they essentially told black fans, no, he can't do
0: anything. <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
3: And that yes. is really kind of well, like that's crazy. <laughs> That is sad when you think about it. It's like, it is. Why, though? They were and like, I mean, no,
1: actually not. No, 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 no. And can't. I
3: mean, look, I think Biggie is going to, I mean, not Biggie. I think Keith Lee is going to run with this. And I think he's going to try and do the best he can with this gimmick. And I, you know, I have faith that he will do good things. But I just feel like if you're not in there and you don't have a voice in the room where you can fight for your character and fight right. for what you want to do, mm-hmm. they're just going to jerk you around. They are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just nah, that
1: happy, happy to be here. If he's happy to be here, we can make him do whatever the fuck we want. And it's like, I'm happy for you to get the paycheck. But read that little – There's a, uh, I saw a tweet on John Moxley's book. There's like a little page talking about him, his last months yeah. in WWE and wanting to just – he couldn't take it. Just read that because that's what a lot yeah. of wrestlers are doing. That's, that's what this is, man.
2: Um, and uh, so a couple of other uh, things. So, we've been asked in the chat before we get to number one, because uh, as we talked about Dynamite, we didn't really talk about uh, Cody. Um, and God. the fact, because there's a lot they want me to
1: happen They want me to compliment Cody Rhodes, don't they? Cause, oh, cause, you guys.
2: Because since, since last week, a lot has happened. Cody did beat um, Malakai Black, and then he cut a promo on Wednesday. Uh, and hey,
1: that promo was fire, man. I'm sorry. I, I like I the
2: love, promo. Right? I the the promo was really good. I, I actually really him. liked the promo and I liked yeah. him, uh, addressing everything. And like, um, I knew he wasn't stupid with the, the tiger driver stuff. Like you right. knew what he was doing when he hooked the mm-hmm. arms and he knew, uh, he knew the story he was trying to tell with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it is interesting, uh, in that I'm, I can't say that Cody should have lost that match. What I will say is that if you didn't want him to win, the match shouldn't have taken place. Because um, here's the thing. If you are Tony Khan and you're paying, like every, every time Cody's in a situation, people are like, he needs to lose, he needs to lose, he needs to lose. If you, let's take the EVP out of the equation. If you are simply Tony Khan and you are paying Cody Rhodes as much as you're paying Cody Rhodes, you aren't paying for somebody to lose as much as people want him to. And the thing is, his win-loss record's actually not that great. He, of all the stars he actually has, I think he's tied with uh, Moxley for the most losses this year um, as far as, like, the top talent in AEW. But uh, the – I don't know. I, I thought the, the match itself was a little bit overdone. Um, I, mon- I honestly just wouldn't have done a third one, like, if you wanted Malachi to walk away the winner of that feud – yeah. I would have just left it at two because um, mm-hmm. I don't feel like Cody should have lost the third. Uh, yeah. I think and, they both
1: I think they both told a good story. Malachi with that Instagram post about like, yeah. I did what I needed to do regardless of that loss and stuff. And so I think they actually stumbled into a great story here with Cody. They've been telling I, that, yeah, he ha- you know, he hasn't it's essentially like this is captain america he can't lose and then like when you expect him to lose he doesn't lose and so like eventually the hero becomes the villain he has to and on a show he tells the story that he doesn't want to be healed so he just doesn't want to he doesn't like being he doesn't like being booed he doesn't like this but if you're forced to it's going to be even better they stumbled into a great story yeah
2: i, I i'm curious to see where it goes um i i I don't know. I, I will say that what I did like about the promo, and I tweeted this, and a lot of people picked up on it. Um, uh, that was one of my, like, better tweet numbers of the week. Mm-hmm. But uh, I tweeted about Andrade and how uh, Andrade made his way out, and I thought his promo was a lot better than I would have expected. Um, I think they've spent so much time trying to find a mouthpiece for mm-hmm. Andrade, but, like, honestly, yeah, just I mean, have him do that every yeah. week. Um, Short and short, sweet, man. Short and sweet. Say what you need to say. and That
1: CM Punk and Eddie Kingston thing, yo, give him one minute and execute. That's it. Yeah. You, know what I mean? that, you don't need a man, lot. You that legit felt, don't need a lot. That
2: felt genuine, and I mm-hmm. felt like the way that that just took off, man. that was good. Uh, shout out, David, by the way. Thank you hey, for... Hey, appreciate you, Thanks, Always appreciate it. Um, um, so, but on, we got on one big thing. story to talk about. Oh, sorry. You go ahead. No, on the
3: Cody thing, I... I think some people want the promo to be bad cuz he's done other bad promos. So some mm-hmm. so people are now waiting for him to do another bad promo to go, "Ah, he's terrible at promos." Right. It's not that he's ever been bad at promos. No. He just did this very bad, phoned-up oh. promo. Yeah. Yeah, no, that one promo.
2: That one promo wasn't bad cuz Cody's a bad talker cuz Cody's no. one of the best in the business as far as talking is concerned. It was he's like content. one of the guys you would trust to do like the the John Cena type brand ambassador kind of promo. Cody yeah. is that guy. That promo was just tone deaf. That promo made it sound, you know, he, that was the, uh, yeah, and you know what? The reason that promo was tone deaf was wrong time because Mm -hmm. like, that's a, that was a John Cena promo from 2008, right? Like you you come out Mm -hmm. and and talk about, you know, I'm I'm proud to be an American Mm -hmm. and Americans come together and blah, 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 (laughs) blah. but this ain't, but you look at the the current climate and um that ain't and it, ain't the time yeah it, it yeah. ain't it ain't the time. the time it was the promo was tone deaf that's mm-hmm. what made Very it bad um uh, and, and, so. and like because i've I've seen non-american fans like see that promo and go oh that was good you know that like the day it aired that i saw a lot of um you know like a lot of the uk people that uh, we kind of deal with who were like yeah that was a fine promo um missing because uh, i feel like the context here in america is part of why I watched that promo and went, Ooh, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 yeah, no. That no. was a bad one. Uh, yeah, that was bad. But,
0: uh, yeah,
3: it was just certain things he said there that, that I think were great. Like, I mean, the, you know, don't forget who who opened the bank line, was mm-hmm. fired. Them, that was fired. Saying yeah. that I, I have a wife that's way too bad for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just said a lot of great things in that. Promo I it. What if he I would have hit the
1: pedigree? I love yeah. oh my God, he, he had a
3: lot of great punchlines in it. And I agree that Andrade came out at right the at just the right time. He mocked mm-hmm. him in just the right way. Yeah. I, I thought it was a good I thought it was a good segment for what it was. I thought mm-hmm. it set up good things. And I'm glad they brought the um the uh Malachi promo to T V. They didn't just have it on IG because mm-hmm. it, it it's an important story element, so it needed to be is. on TV. Yeah. Right,
2: and finally, biggest story of the week. Woo, Ring of Honor. What happened? Ring of H. Honor. Uh, so as the story goes, Ring of Honor put out a statement. Um, on, uh, I want to say it was Wednesday, and, uh, no one was sure of what it meant, and I want to pull that up specifically. It should
1: shockwaves. We were all just like, what
2: yeah so the original statement was just kind of talking about ring of honor doing some restructuring uh and it said and i'll read it said throughout the pandemic our top priority was to keep everyone healthy and safe and despite not producing any live events over 18 months we were able to keep everyone fully contracted we now find ourselves at a time where we need to make changes to our business operations and are planning a pivot ...for Ring of Honor with a new mission and strategy. This year will culminate with Final Battle in December, and we will be taking the first quarter of 2022 to work internally to reimagine ROH. ROH has uh, has the most dedicated fans in the industry, and we appreciate their loyalty and patience as we reconceptualize ROH. We appreciate returning to live... ...or appreciate... ...we anticipate returning to live events... In April, for the Super Card of Honor with a new fan focused product and provide a new unique experience for wrestling fans. So, what again, what does that mean? So, people <laughs> weren't quite sure what that meant until Dave Meltzer tweeted, ROH has released everyone. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then it was like, oh shit. Um, now this makes sense. And uh, what happened? And We, we, uh, so like now it's become clear what, uh, Ring of Honor meant by that. And yeah, uh, Ring of Honor is effectively as we know it no more. Now that that doesn't mean that, of course, you know, it sounds to me like if Ring of Honor does actually come back because a lot of people have been pointing to the old WCW statement from March of 2001 where they were like, we're going to take a few months to, to reimagine things and you'll see a new WCW and then... You didn't. Um, no. So,
1: I saw a it, lot of people <clears throat> tweeting that they're gonna come back. But look, it people don't forget, man. Fans and wrestlers. If people are dependent on you and you tell them we're done, they're gonna think you're done forever. And before that, people have already been like, they've put Ring of Honor in that Ring of Honor still exists space, or like Ring of Honor still happening. So if you tell them, hey, we. We essentially have not – we dropped all of our wrestlers and nothing's happening. People are going to give up. It's going to be really hard to get those people back is the thing that I'm saying.
2: Well, so there's um, – there's just a lot. There's a lot of uh, questions, and um, as far as uh, what the future holds, there's a lot of –
1: Oh, my God, the story, um,
2: dude. Yeah, so there's there's, (laughs) – You know, obviously, to me, it sounds like what Ring of Honor is going to become ultimately is like a true indie again, in mm-hmm. which like nobody's under contract. We run right. shows with guys you like mm-hmm. and, you know, we'll bring them in. Just for, like all
1: the other independents. Yeah, yeah
2: it's going to operate more like an independent where nobody's mm-hmm. like officially under contract, mm-hmm. Um which is, uh I guess, fine. It's um, not a bad thing, no. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, I. but th- that, oh, go ahead.
3: Now, I was just going to say, I it, it does sound like they're going to go back to not trying to compete as a third big promotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that might not be a bad thing for, for at least right now.
2: Right. Uh, so, the... Of course I feel bad for so many people involved here. You yeah, know, um, damn, man. Uh, those that have known me a long time know that uh, I, I've considered Maria Canellis a, a good friend. And... Um, I was really happy seeing the work she's been putting in in Ring of Honor to uh, really make something happen with their women's division. Women's division
1: has been on
3: fire. It has been on the fire a couple and months. Feel
2: and really I, bad for Roxy. Yeah. And I feel like, well, the reason I don't feel bad for Roxy is because she's so young. She's I, young. I, and
3: Yeah, I, I just said that because her title reign just started. It like, just started, didn't even yes. get a chance to get off the ground.
2: Right. yes that's true i mean so i i feel bad i feel bad i, I didn't mean to say that because i feel bad for anybody um who essentially as i tweeted uncertainty sucks um to not know what the future is that is one of the worst feelings you could ever have um so just thinking about the what they were doing with their women's division and the people they were bringing in um uh, i feel like anybody um whether it be a Vince McMahon or a Tony Khan uh, would be missing out if they didn't pick up um, Maria Kanellis, just as somebody who uh, could have vision for, uh, because that is the one thing I do feel that um, uh, pro wrestling as a whole needs. Uh, I think that um, telling black stories, for example, I think needs black people telling them. Uh I think that uh, telling women's stories needs women in the creative position to help tell them better. Uh, mm-hmm. And I feel like that was something that Maria was helping offer Ring of Honor. So I do feel like anybody would be, uh, it would be a mistake to pass her up as far as just having a good vision for a women's division. Um, but yeah, you know, they had literally, uh, you know, I feel like... Um, Trisha's run was just getting started there. And uh, I think she's going to be... There's a lot of people that I, I feel uh, people need to keep their eyes on all of a sudden now. She's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> uh, shout out to uh, David who says uh, all three of your personalities are distinct and offer great insight with wonderful chemistry. Uh, someone please sign AJ gray and Darius Carter and AEW can now rectify the mistake of not signing Trish Adora. Again, she's one that uh, anybody should be taking sure. uh, a look at right now. Um, She'll
1: be actually, we we're just talking about impact. I think she would actually do pretty great in impact. Actually. Too. I think she
3: would be incredible with impact. I, mm-hmm. I think she's going to do great anywhere she goes, but yeah, I think somewhere like impact where she can mm-hmm. become like the main star of that brand exactly. would be amazing.
2: Right. Um, and then also, you know, a lot of people have been talking about STP uh, mm-hmm. and that goes back to the beginning of this conversation uh, where we got a super chat. Uh, and I, I want to go back to it now uh, because I want to make sure that we don't lose sight of that. And of course I can't scroll back that far. I wrote uh, down three so,
1: names. I once somebody said, what do we think is going to happen with Gresham, Medora and lethal. Um, yes. I think Gresham is AEW bound, Mm -hmm. 1 million percent. There's no way he can't be. Um, I actually think Lethal's going to go to WWE if I had to put money on it because I think for a long time he has been a wrestler that has kind of – I think Ring of Honor has been great for him, but also I think it's kind of stopped a lot of things he could have done. I think like he probably enjoyed – he probably felt like a lifer for Ring of Honor. But I feel like he probably would have been in WWE if it wasn't for Ring of Honor. So I just think that
2: he's Honestly, end up there. Uh I would be shocked to see Lethal end up a lot of places. Um just because, you know, there's there's a, a little bit of a reputation around Jay Lethal. Oh
1: yeah. Point. I, I kind of blocked that out of my brain. <laughs> and, I did about that. And Eey. so the, Sorry, the thing about
2: Jay Lethal is uh I feel like if it was going to happen for him, it would have happened already. It would have um, happened. You know. I forget
1: about this reputation, man. Yeah. Damn, it. So, damn it,
3: damn it, damn it. Uh, I mean, to be honest, he, he could still end up somewhere big like WWE. I feel like he's been pigeonholed so long as right. the ROH guy. Yep. Now I feel like this is a chance for him to go somewhere and really show people that he's more than that. Um, mm-hmm. But the crazy part is I feel the opposite for Gresham because I know that being at Ring of Honor was his dream. It was a, it was a big part of why he stayed there, because he wanted to be... He wanted know, to bring the,
1: Ring of Honor back to where he they want, were. Yeah, he wanted yep. to
3: reestablish it, and he mm-hmm. believed in that company so much. So I was really Definitely. sad that he didn't get a chance to yep. win the world title oh. and, and lead the company into its new era, and right. he might still get a chance to do that when it comes yeah. back as its new thing, but... It's just sad that it's going the way it is. And I mean, I still think he's going to thrive no matter where he goes, because he's still one of the best in the industry. But it's just sad that he didn't get to do what he set out to do. man. Yeah. Right. And they still
1: have a show coming up, too. They, they're still going to do Final Battle in December. So we don't really we don't know anything that's going to happen there. So,
3: yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, there's so many angles in this where it's sad because. I they were one of the few companies during the pandemic that made sure to continue to pay their wrestlers. Yep. They didn't. They didn't release anybody. They kept and them they
1: kept, safe with the ROH bubble. Like they yeah, were one of they the best get, and I, out
2: there. And they, honestly, like this this didn't come down from Ring of Honor. This came down from mm-hmm. Sinclair Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And right. so there there is because I saw some people de- knocking Ring of Honor for yeah, releasing not, people. Yeah, and it, yeah it's not. This was above them. This was like Joe Coff has done. Uh, he's been really candid about everything. Uh, did a great interview with PW Insider. Uh, it's, it's you know honestly, this is just this is a really unfortunate situation. Um, D'Lo, by the way, D'Lo digs in the chat says, "Is it just me or with Danielson um, winning matches in different ways is a nod to a match with uh, Gresham because that's what John did in." uh ROH is pure champ
1: the match Tony <laughs> it, Tony Khan book the match Terrence we says
2: uh, I hate what has happened to ROH but if I'm TK I'm negotiating for Adora Lethal Gresham etc along with the library um origin story yeah you need that prices. library too, honestly Tom, that huh? that library because yeah. I've seen people say that they want WWE to take it because no. of the network no. um yeah. so here's the thing uh I think had the network still existed that yes. might be a possibility exactly but exactly. um if you notice like peacock peacock kind of bought the wwe network as it was um i don't know that peacock is necessarily interested in um old wrestling from other promotions it's not wwe they want new wwe content um and that's really what they're after that billion dollars was not necessarily for um adding ring of honor to peacock um i do think that there is a lot of value for you know there's talks that AEW could be launching um or launching on a streaming service, uh, but I think the value for Tony is in the fact that he has CM Punk. He has CM Punk talking about his Ring of Honor run, and uh, you want access to that. You have yep. Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, yep. uh, which you can show people is not a new thing. This is a yep. guy who's been the American Man. Dragon for a real um, long time. But- um, you have the Young Bucks. You have like the thing is you're telling all this uh, the the stuff with the elite. Um, and but you don't necessarily have access to the elites content prior to AEW. Nah, you would. Um, I mean,
1: if anything, just buy your first pay per view that you guys did. Well, yeah, and then the thing
2: is, all. So the crazy thing about All In is that that is such a uh, a weird um, piece of ownership, right? Because All In, the footage is owned by Ring of Honor, but the name All In belongs to the young bucks that name was actually read or the trademark was registered to killing the business inc in 2018 and then i think in late 2020 they transferred the uh the rights to tony um of the name all in but like the content of all in still belongs to Mm. um to ring of honor so like that that's that's the stuff that they they would like to have as well um and yeah so because i see somebody in the chat just that all in is owned by roh like Mm -hmm. i said the footage of all in owned by roh the name uh was actually trademarked by the bucks Mm -hmm. so like that's that's yeah man uh, um, ring of honor man look i just
1: want to pay tribute ring of honor has been uh uh, they were coming up on 20 years in 2022 uh they started in 2002 um i brought I remember ordering three Ring of Honor tapes from a tape trader, uh, the first three shows, and I was immediately blown away. I was obsessed with the Amazing Red. Anything that Amazing Red was on, I had to see this. And so since then, Ring of Honor has been that independent promotion where you go to see the toughest wrestlers, my favorite independent wrestling match of all time took place in ring of honor samoa joe versus kenta kabashi the most insane match you've ever seen in your whole life and they have so many classics like that the dragon gate six man they've done so many things i'm sad to see what has happened here i hope that something can happen and even more than that all these incredible wrestlers kenny king has been in roh for who knows how long what's going to happen with kenny king you know what I mean? Like, there's so many wrestlers like this that have just, like, you thought they were going to be with ROH for life because they've done so many things for them. Mm-hmm. And, like, here's a whole new world. Like, uh, Silas Young was like, oh, I took my first booking, independent booking in six years. Like, these are people that were like, ROH is forever. And to see that everything is now up in the air, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a lot. It's sad, yeah. I hope and- that, you know, it, you know, it, it works out. A lot of these people are going to have places to go. So that's that's a good thing, but like, you know, what about the rest of them? Uh,
2: And uh, just a couple more super chats. Uh, Easy Attack said, "I think AEW needs uh, black vets that can uh, easily be put in main event scene, like Kenny King or Lethal." Kenny Um, King. The knock on uh, the blacks they have. God, I, I hate wording it that way. Um, that sounds wild, uh, yes, I know, right? Not the blacks, <laughs> not the blacks. Uh, they have right now outside of Sky is that they not aren't the ready. Uh, Terrence says, uh, and to add, along with uh, the library rights, AEW has a potential streaming partner with PWG and Mission Pro to provide man, more content. super
1: dragon. Has not given up that
3: those PWG streaming rights. <laughs>
1: no,
2: he is not. It takes
1: a year to get a DVD,
3: bro. <laughs> Uh, no, but I, to add to what uh, what Reg was saying, like the other really sad part about this is, I think some new wrestling fans don't understand just how important Ring of Honor is to mm-hmm. modern wrestling. Yeah, like I mean, just AEW alone, AE, AEW doesn't exist in a way that it does without Ring of Honor. Not just because the, the infrastructure that they lent them to do All In, but just everything that the Bucks and and Omega managed to do with Ring of Honor. Yeah, um, the way that Cody reinvented himself as Ring of Honor as
2: world mm-hmm. champion,
3: um, Adam
1: Cole shoot. was Ring of Honor world champ too. Like yeah, he's I mean so
2: many, th- you know. I mean, even, but like I mean, honestly, and, and I think that um, just as a whole, I think wrestling was was shaped by Ring of Honor because, yes, like, absolutely. you go on the other side, you look at Seth Rollins, right? Like, yep. you look at Kevin w- Owens, w- you look at um, that uh, the. Ring of Honor was it, it's such a crazy roller coaster ride of uh, of so many things that happened because you know CM Punk era Ring of Honor uh, came along and then you know Ring of Honor got a TV deal with H D Net, mm-hmm. which is now known as Access. Um, yeah. and the HD Net deal Sloth
1: the Porpoise. Shout out yeah. rest in peace to uh, Mike Hodgewood, I think yeah. his name was. HD uh, R O H. Uh,
2: and I forgot he passed. Um Yep, yeah. yeah, and then the but People yeah, forget
1: it, that like the Undisputed Era is essentially an ROH faction. Yes, that's pretty Man, much what they I built mean, that
3: off of. I mean, if you look at NXT, Ring of Honor birthed NXT. Yeah,
2: that's what I was Every, gonna say. Right. That's where I was going with that was that really it leads to uh NXT's existence, really. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, NXT was basically. The Highly Ring produced Life. Ring of Honor. It was yeah. h- it was highly produced Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. uh, and it
3: was, it was the covered version of Ring of Honor.
0: Yeah,
2: that's <laughs> right. uh, and, uh, yeah. And Terrence yeah. says NXT version one doesn't exist without mm-hmm. Ring of Honor, um, and spread. that's true. You know, right? and Ring of Honor they they had their ups and downs, right? Because you know, uh, there's Jim Cornette era Ring of Honor, which um, which has had its issues because uh, you know that there's if you talk to anybody who was around in that period, there's a reason why it, it's Talked about the way it is because Jim Cornette had his uh, had guys he didn't like and refused to push and refused to use and you know he had his beef with guys like Kevin Owens and the Young mm-hmm. Bucks and all of that and then as soon as he left Ring of Honor those guys all made money for Ring of Honor so um, that's that's on, honestly when you hear the, the beef with those guys uh, and, they'll, and Jim Cornette will say it's for because of this and they'll say it's because of one thing it comes down to the fact that Jim Cornette didn't like him wasn't going to use him as mm-hmm. soon as he left they made money with ring of honor and like right. ring of honor did better uh with them than it did under him so mm-hmm. like yeah i mean that's what we, it all comes down to we, we um, can
3: just say it that Cornette was wrong because i mean yeah. if you really look at some of the guys that succeeded come on. after him uh-huh. like kevin owens is a prime example of that kevin owens is a massive star man
2: yeah, yeah.
1: he became world champ like come yeah, on
2: kevin and he, he he uh but the, those were the guys that um he didn't want to use and the, like the, the elites run uh, with Ring of Honor, the Bullet Club, all of that stuff. Um, some can yeah. say that them leaving did more damage. But the fact is, they don't sell out Madison Square Garden without them. Right.
3: Uh, I mean, yeah, Ring of Honor opened the door for companies to partner with New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't think the partnership that Impact has with New Japan right now would be reestablished if Ring of Honor didn't do so well with it.
1: Right. Yeah, because so, New Japan was sour on Impact for sure. Yes, they were.
2: So we have, uh, as, it were, uh, as we've come to it, run out of time. However, um, I am putting this out there. This is not something I've talked to Phil and Reg about at all. Uh, but it's just an idea I literally just had. Because uh, we put out the, the Ask Grap City topic uh, last night. And I was hoping we were going to have more time to get to that. Uh, and all of a sudden we haven't. So I kind of want to dedicate next week's show to kind of answering some topics. Uh, cool. And answering some questions that um, people have had for us. So, um, next week, what do you guys think? The hashtag AskGrapsity ask next, next week can we answer ask some stuff. Rhapsody, yes. I like yeah, it. That
3: sounds perfect. I, I feel like we owe our fans because we put that tweet out there. And yeah. you guys got mm-hmm. us to 1,000 in in minutes. Oh, my God. And that was Thank amazing. You so, yeah. you know. So, uh, I, I want
2: to get to all of that. And I want to answer all of that stuff. Um, there's a lot I want to talk about next week. Uh, but, unfortunately, I... Have to like be on the road in less than sixty seconds. So, <laughs> and, like, literally, I got a wet washcloth right here. I'm about to like wipe off my face and like, uh, white <laughs> as, man. as a matter of fact, uh, I'm gonna just start right now, now because <laughs> B-O-O-S-I-E. <laughs> Yo, it's Graf
0: City.
1: Righteous It's Righteous City. Ridge. Ladies
2: and gentlemen, yeah, uh, Righteous Reg, Philip Lindsay, you know thank, you be- thank you for being, thank you for being with us. And uh, we will be back same time at noon Eastern, uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, right here, youtube.com slash fightful. I am Will Washington. Uh, He is Philip Lindsay. He's Righteous Reg. We will see you next time. Yep. (laughs) We'll have a great day. Peace.